Hey guys, this is Jim Fix, a.k.a. Fillmore. For those of you who love QF, a podcast about Howard Stern and would like to donate some money, there's two ways now you can do it. Uh, you can join our Patreon page, which is listed in the graphic you're seeing now. But also, if you'd rather not do a subscription-based thing, even if it's a buck a month or what have you, uh, you can use our PayPal account, which would be jimfix76 at gmail.com. Uh, and you can donate whatever you like, however you like, uh, one of those two ways, and we'd more than appreciate it if you'd like to do so. Thank you very much. How many friends do you really have? People you confide Two. Confide in. Oh, one. <laughs> confide in. One. Who is that? Beth. That is not your friend. Who is I'm it? Why about couldn't a it be your friend? But why could she be, be my friend? She could be your friend, but she's your wife. I'm talking about oh. friends. Well, she just outside. became my wife. Oh, stop it. She All right, I have one other. My psychiatrist. <laughs> That's not a friend. I don't confide in any friends. I, don't, I wouldn't trust them. I don't trust any of my friends. You should see who my friends are. Well, that's what you call a friend. Somebody you can trust. Nah. Uh, I, uh, I, I would say Don Buckwell, my agent. I would say I'm so close to him. He knows everything that if I know I can go to him and tell him anything and he won't judge me. I don't know if it's a friend. And I've told him some but shit. But that's another person you pay. Yeah. I don't have yeah. any friends I don't pay. You do a show here. If it's successful or not, it doesn't matter. And uh, the one thing I don't respond well to is humiliation. I don't respond well to it at all. You know, I don't want to be told what a shithead I am. I don't want to. Be, you know, I, this, those days are over. I've, I've suffered enough in this business. I don't need to, to find out what a shithead I am. Listen, there are people who are at a job too long. They, 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 they're not into it. They can't admit it to themselves. But nobody cares around here. Nobody sits here and gets worried about ratings. It's a joke. We don't need ratings here. So I'm, cured. I'm not going to be cured of any. I am me. I am just going to a psychiatrist so that I can feel better about certain issues in my life. That's all. And somehow I believe Leno will just end up at 11:30. But anyway, they're going to—they're announcing today that first of all, Jay Leno is such a douchebag. He's the number one late-night guy. He gets like 20 million a year. He could be getting 50, 60 million a year, but he doesn't want it. Like, that just skeeves me out and makes me think he's a bigger asshole than I have ever... You know, it's just like, oh, what is that? Like, what? why is it you won't take more take money? The money yeah. Like, what are, you, what are you trying to prove? You're every man. You're making $25 million. I mean, That's no one's relating no every to you. Man. Yeah, exactly. He's like, eh, I got enough money. Eh, you know, I live on my stand-up. And... So, guys, now that you've heard the entire John K. Billy West encounter on the Stern Show, we're going to go into some subsequent clips and also one that predates it that I just real I realized when they mentioned it, when John K. mentioned Billy on the Conan, I looked for it and it's no, he was on the Tonight Show. He might have been on Conan as well, but he was on the Tonight Show and Billy West fucking destroyed. And you can tell from this, John K. is upset because he doesn't, um, mention well we'll talk about it anyway but he we know that we, we found out that wiggy's probably gonna be pissed because if you see the impression billy does of howard on the show he nails him and he gets more laughs in one appearance than wig gets on any combination of talk show appearances well truth be told i've never seen this so this is going to be new for me mm-hmm. so audience we're going to hear this at the same time i'm going to mm-hmm. be along for the ride 
I just had to, you know, wring out my shirt from uh, embarrassment sweats and, you know, fierce rage sweats from the last from the last <laughs> two episodes of John Kay and my profuse anger. Yeah, it was tough. It was tough. It was tough to go through. And I'm sure it was equally tough to listen to you guys. But anyway, enjoy this because Billy just destroys. <laughs> Thanks for dressing for the program. I appreciate that, sir. Why would anyone want to dress for this program? I love that he's he's Billy Madison esque attire. Mm -hmm. You know, he's already esque. Well, the other thing, well, poor Billy, that's you know he's got the cap on because of those awful garbage men plugs he he got put in, so he doesn't want to show his thinning hair. But uh, which he obviously had the money to sort out later on because he looks all right. Um, but he also does. There's no affectation, right? He's clearly just going for very laid back, very casual, you know, um, village style. And Wiggy is the opposite. He goes in. He's got a hairdresser. Oh. And oh he's got God. a stylist. Put himself together. Yeah. Well, he had to think about all those great looks like at the Arsenio show, like that great look with the chucks and the tank top. Oh, totally. So this and as again, guys, this was a complete I, I didn't even know this existed because I was not a big Jay Leno fan and I would never have seen it in real time. And I certainly didn't uh, see or hear much about it subsequently, uh, because usually the certain videos get more play with Stern fans and X fans as being controversial and stuff. But I guarantee this video sent Wiggy right into a fucking tailspin and sowed the seeds for his eventual fucking sandbagging and then departure. Because we love Carson so much, mm -hmm. I know a part of me wonders, did I hate Jay so much because obviously we were colored by Stern's hatred of Leno? I wonder if we watch it back, if we would maybe like it a little more. Because I really never gave Jay a shot, to be I, honest. I didn't because he wasn't Carson, but also because he changed once he became corporate, once he became the Tonight Show head. He didn't do the same type of material. He became really much safer jay at one point was the number one comic in the states he was the absolute best stand-up comic there was and if you look listen to those earlier appearances of him on carson he just fucking destroys and it's a little edgier but it's not a lot but there's a difference it's a subtle difference okay i mean yeah. i i just never really gave it a shot at all so yeah i do think it's safe and i don't like it but honestly I never really gave a shit about him. And I, of course, preferential to Carson. Yeah, it, to me, it was just, he ain't Carson, so I'm not even going to bother. I didn't even give him a chance. It wasn't, uh, fuck him. It was more like, oh, you mean he's on? That kind of thing. And Letterman, I couldn't stand because of his attitude. So it depended on who the guests were, too. It, if Norman was on Letterman, I'd always tune in and watch. But yeah. uh, to me, Letterman was inc incidental. That's right. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. Now, I, I call, I've been calling you a weasel. Say, be weasel, Billy. Let's wait, wait. Oh, now, why would you call me a weasel? Very good weasel impression. Thank you. Actually, because you, he does an impression of me, a rather poor one, actually. A rather poor one, actually. And, uh, well, the other day, he was on the uh, Howard Stern show, and he started <laughs> to do this Jay Leno thing. And I hate it. is here because Billy West uh, does cartoon voices and I, I was a fan of the Flintstones personally and uh, I saw the movie and what, what was going on with Betty? When did she become the same size as Fred? <laughs> he nails him so fucking perfectly. Not just the voice but the cadence. 
the um, the pomposity, the sort of overbearingness. He's perfect. He's he's pitch perfect. Ah, uh, this loads is of people do Leno impressions, great. but not not that good. Nobody does them that good. Oh, that is so seamless and easy. And you can see Leno's. He's not like he's not Seinfeld even breaking when, a sweat. He's just like let me effortless. hang out and just. Yeah. I don't even have to. You don't even have to walk me into this. I'll just yeah. fucking spout. Yeah, he's a, it's effortless, and Wig needs to be. <laughs> it's the opposite. With every every movement of his is almost like there's a team of people on a wheel, like pushing him forward. Every comedy bit is like written. Oh my god, he needs a team of you know tutors. He's the, he's the Tin Man. He needs Dorothy with the oil can oil. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. Who knew that Barney Rubble was a chubby chaser? It doesn't even sound like me. Now let me ask you about about uh, about Ren and Stimpy. How'd you come up with those two voices? Well, um, the last time I talked to you, mm-hmm. the Stimpy voice is the big brain dead cat with his tongue hanging out, right. and he's sort of based on Larry from the Three Stooges. You know, like, hey, Mo, there's too much tinsel on the Christmas tree. You know, oh, so, we, so we souped it up, and, and it became like, you know, you want a magic nose goblin? I picked them myself. <laughs> you know, and uh, Greenpeace. And, uh... <laughs> yeah. No, so this is the thing. John Kay on the Stern Show, when we heard, when you guys heard the first part of this, he was pissed off. He made a mention like, oh, you went on the whatever late night or Conan, I think it was. I think it was Conan. And he said, you didn't, you know, give props to him. Basically, he was going, why didn't you mention me? I think John Kay was pissed he couldn't get on. That was the whole point. But you wouldn't get the guy who does the animation on the show you'd get the guy who does the voices who was the one that was actually talented leno clearly probably said look get the get the one who does the voices billy west and john k was pissed and then he's also pissed because you you know you made it like uh you you came up with the impression yourself and billy explained no they were on a page he didn't he never said it he's i guess john k was upset that he inferred that he came up with it himself he didn't deny anything he didn't say oh that came, well, that was direction was given to me by somebody else i could see that getting upset by that but it's kind of a, a long way to go to make that presumption well again he just said how did you come up with that voice mm-hmm. how, you know how, how did you come up with that the right. character voice or whatever like we said i don't know you have uh you have Tom Hanks on. Are you going to yell at Tom Hanks for not crediting the script writer for Toy Story? Like, yeah, they have like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, exactly. So, but, but I mean, let's, okay. So the creator, I mean, I guess basically John K is such an arrogant asshole. It's more like you should just uh, credit the person who gave you the job. Well, it's not about him. This is his time to shine. Sorry. And I think there might have been a lot of tumult behind the scenes with Billy and John Kay. We don't know what the ins and outs were. So Billy might have been protecting something. And it was probably better off not even saying anything about it. Who knows? Well, well yeah. And especially if John Kay was at this point, because this is 94, guys. This, I'm not sure when in 1994. I'm sure there's an archive. And I just haven't done my homework and, and, and could research exactly when this appearance was. But... Let's just say for the sake of argument, the summer, John K. may have already been a goner at a Ren and Stimpy. And then you don't mention his name because you don't want your name tied to him as well. Maybe that's what Billy's afraid with. He's, he's right. afraid. Didn't it sound like the more, even when we list, I listened back to our episode during mm-hmm. the chat, 
It doesn't mm-hmm. seem like the most together human being, you know? John John so, K. <laughs> right. No. It's not like somebody you really want to, you know, tie tie on with and no. Go down with the sinking ship. I, I'm sorry. It just no, doesn't. He, as awkward as Billy was, it's not as awkward as John K came off. And so, I mean, it kind of now we know, thankfully we know what we know. And then he's done post like subsequent interviews in the last, I don't know how for many years since. And John K just comes off as the biggest fucking creep. And I'm talking documentaries. I'm talking regular interviews from the nerdist, all kinds of things. And really arrogant. That's the difference. Billy doesn't come off as arrogant to me. At least that's just my take. Laura Ashley was underaged. That's hot. <laughs> or his okay. procurer, yeah. Heidi Fleiss for the fucking teen set. My new friend, Bill Maher, who threw me in the pole. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the Ren voice, he's the, the like that that crazy chihuahua. Right. He's, he's sort of like, like an alcoholic dad or something. He's like, you know, dysfunctional. Uh, his voice is based on, um, uh, well, he's, how do I say this? Uh, Peter Laurie, a little bit of Peter Laurie. Yeah, like a... I'd like a couple of hamburgers and to make them raw, please. <laughs> and then uh, there's a little bit of touch of uh, south of the border in there. Yeah. Because he's a chihuahua, you know. You like the same things I do. You know, <laughs> and then uh, Burl Ives is thrown in there. A lot of people don't remember Burl, Burl Ives. Ives. He was that big fat, well, yep. that calorically challenged uh, folk singer <laughs> from the uh, 50s, you know. Jimmy Great Gun and I don't care. You know, but he's in there because he played an unbelievable bastard in the movies. Yeah. You know, like, I told you shoot me, would you believe me? Why would you believe me? So if you put all these, <laughs> yeah. if you put all these voices together, it's it's the Ren thing, you know. I guess we'll never know because you're going to guard it. Yeah. Amazing that he that he, he, he to take three. It's hard enough to do one voice and keep to it, but then doing that voice, like combining three different, um, three different voices and making them as one. And then you were the voice of Stimpy, uh-huh. and you had to become the voice of Ren, which is already a known voice. That's yeah. amazing. And a shitload of work too. Also. I uh, remember when I was watching the cartoon, I didn't realize Ren was a chihuahua off the bat because he was such an ugly, weird looking thing. And the colors of the animals were so like Stimpy was red. Yeah. And Ren was just peach. Yeah, it was was demented. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck are these things? You know, they just didn't look like dogs and cats. They just looked like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Something. Well, maybe they were meant to be that way. I don't know. Anyway, let's yeah. let's get let's see what else he's got going. <laughs> you know, and uh, what? You did stand up for a while, didn't you? Yeah, I failed miserably. That's a tough living. I mean, I really respect you guys. I took the easy way out. I just hide in a booth and do whatever I want in the dark, you know. But uh, now, come on. We need to bring our personal habits. I don't think we need to bring our personal habits. Now cut that out. Tell me, you always do me on Stern. Yes, I I do. Can you do Stern? Can you do Howard? Oh, you want to know what kind of a guy he is? No, can you do Howard? Can you do his voice? Uh, Are you scared because you're on his show? Oh, are you scared because you're not on his show? Um, I don't know. Let me see. Wait a minute. Let me see. Hold on. This will help. Wait a minute. What do you have? Oh my God! Let me see. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Here we oh go. Oh my God! 
He didn't know I was going to do this. He's going to kill me. <laughs> all right, Jay. <laughs> all right, all right. Calm down. Everybody just calm down. All right, he's got the mannerisms first. He's doing the Jesus pose. <laughs> Did you see how his body changed as a result of it? This is amazing. Right. And he doesn't get the voice. I'll give him, I'll, I'll say that. I'm not going to be a bullshit artist. He doesn't get the voice, which is, you know, just beyond him, I guess. But he was more concerned with getting the cadence, the way Artie would mimic someone. And like when he, when Artie did the Alec Baldwin, uh, you know, he, he was this thoughtless pig uh, call to his daughter. He nailed the Rude, thoughtless little pig. Right. You, you, you still bought it. Even though you heard Artie's voice, you saw, you were listening to Alec Baldwin. He did it so well. Artie was really talented in that way too. I'm down. Very good. Now, Jay, as you know, I am running for governor of New York. (laughs) (laughs) It is not a joke. You, Bill Maher, politically incorrect. What would your Jackie Mason think? Oh my God, that's Bill Maher sitting next to him. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh my God, I wasn't even paying attention to the person sitting next to him. I was so enamored with Billy West, I didn't even realize that's fucking Bill Maher with more hair. Yeah, Holy and uh, shit bag. And yeah, like, yeah. Billy, you, can't, you can't you can't take your eyes off Billy though. Technically incorrect. I know what it is. I watch your show, but I'm gonna tell you something. I got six percent of the vote, but as of today, I got eighteen percent of the vote. You think yeah. that's a joke, Jay? No, it's not a joke. <laughs> the voters have spoken. I don't know what the hell they're saying, but they have spoken. He moves the wig around just like Howard moves his own hair around like a wig. Yes. He he tossles the bottom of his wig just like Billy. Constantly. He's always going at his hair. About that time with that particular uh, wig system he had, he was always at his hair. Always. It's only the more recent, like the the wet look, the the curls, the the fucking pubic hair look that he's got that he doesn't have to because that hair's always it's never moving. It's always in the the tendrils are always in the same place. But back then, his hair was all over the place oh, and covering both sides of his face. It's wild, Fillmore. He needs it cut. The pandemic's been so rough for him. Yeah. <laughs> now let me tell you something. A lot of people have asked me what I'm going to do when I become governor of New York. I am going to take these criminals, I, Jay. I'm going to take these criminals. <laughs> I get a little gas, Jay. It's a little, uh, a little bit of gas there. Yes. Yeah. So let me ask you something, Jay. What's your wife like in bed? Is she wild in Come on, you can tell me. I gotta know these things. My wife doesn't do anything for me. She lays there like a lox. I, I, I dream about girls. Boy, if I could be out in Hollywood like you with a happening career, Jay, I'd be, I'd be all over the town with these girls. These women would know what hit them. They'd be like Jupiter. And then, stupid, let me take over your shelf, Jay. Let me just take over the shelf here for a second. Oh. <laughs> You all saw it in the news. It looks like Rush Limbaugh's head. That, that Jupiter. All right. Let me let me just tell you about this Jupiter. All last week, I keep hearing about this shoemaker. <laughs> he just nails the perfect word vomit that he does. He used to do all the time. <laughs> Levy nine. Shoemaker Levy 9, I don't know what that is. I'm uh, astronomically challenged. means I'm, uh, I don't know much about space, Jay. But uh, I hear about this and I say, Shoemaker Levy 9, what is that, OJ's new defense team? I don't know what that is. Well, now, who else do you do? Do you have other ones you're working on? Do you have other people? <laughs> I mean, I think we all pretty much got the How do I, 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 nine and a half minutes you did there, I think we all pretty much got the money. <laughs> <laughs> have you got anybody else in the door? Anybody else you're working? Um, I, I don't know. I was uh, one day. Somebody said I was uh, my wife. I was I was growing this goatee. Is that what that is? Yeah, because the last time I was here, I weighed ten more pounds. And my mother said, "You know who you look like? Tim Russert." And I go, "Gee whiz, thanks a lot." You know, so I I mean nothing against Tim Russert, but uh, I I just uh, 
you know, lost the weight and I grew this goatee. So I could, I, I'm working on a whole new thing. I'm going to be the, uh, the older but uh, more cost-effective Jim Carrey. Hint, hint, Hollywood. Yeah, oh good. my God! So murder me, arrest me. The, uh, the the double murder, double homicide of these last two jokes. All right? What are you gonna do? There you go. I think you said it all. Perfect. Howard Stern, Billy West, ladies and gentlemen. So that was that, and uh, you had to know that that fucking stuck in Wig's asshole completely. By the way, guys, Tim Russert's from Buffalo. He grew up in South Buffalo. He was a garbage man. And he did the brilliant Meet the Press, and no one has done it as well since. Mm-hmm. And so the what we're going to go into next is actually a vid that when uh, Howard released Miss America, I'm not sure if it was the you know the hardcover or the paperback, but regardless. And the only reason I say that is because in my paperback version that I got to to review, the the pictures are all gone. In the hardcover, you get all kinds of like 12, 15, 16 pages of full glossy, you know, pictures. And they're gone from the paperback version that I had. So it's a bit of a jip. Um, at any rate, at one point, they're all pissed at him because of he disparaged them all through the book. And we will review Miss America one time to show you exactly how much of an asshole he was being and how little content was in the book. But in it, at one point, trying to placate, um, what's his name, Fred, he puts down Billy. He doesn't mention him, but it's exactly who he's talking about. So... Working the, working those machines and doing I don't know, writing but for me. Every other day, you also see you hate me and you wish I you die. So well, of like, course. But what? How long have you been in that chair? Uh, since 1981. Comfortable. Sounds like a great place to work. Yes, absolutely. I, I, Fred, by the way, no wonder why he's aged like a lesbian grandpa, <laughs> because it's unbelievable the abuse he's had wielded at him all these years. Yeah, and I, I would be surprised if Fred is in some closet alky when he gets off the show and stuff. And he, I mean, he did try to keep himself as busy as possible, but the level of anger he and, well, Bowie, we know, uh, must have towards Wig after all these years being hitched to that fucking fraud and then not really, and but, but also being equally like less talented uh, in on some level and knowing you can't do any better and knowing you're stuck with this fucking guy. It's like a divorce you just can't get out. Oh, horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's your validation. There you go. I can't give you any more validation than okay. that. But that doesn't come. How long has Al Rosenberg been with the show? Excuse me. How long has Al Rosenberg been with the show? He was with the show for three years. Okay. How long was our friend from Washington with the show? Uh, About two days? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. How come a certain other person is no longer with the show who uh, I just couldn't care less about? That think about I don't it. know. You don't know? I haven't think about it tonight. You. When you sit, and you can read the chapter again and think about it. That's your validation. Basically, he couldn't tell them really that he shit on them for page after page after page in the book. But then uh, his like and then he gave, tried to do a Don Rickles thing. And they're well, you know, what? they're the best. I wouldn't have anybody else at the show. And they were all rightfully pissed. Listen to this master manipulation. Mm-hmm. It's it's so it's so maniacal and just beats you down. It, yeah. it really is such awful abuse. Um yeah, such awful abuse. It really, it's like any sort of scrap he can give you is that supposed to make you feel good. So just yeah, take whatever little fucking piddlings I'm going to give you. Whatever right. fucking bullshit I'm going to give you. Yeah. You've can got I a job. Have some more. 
Yeah. <laughs> You've got a job. Count yourself lucky you're hired. Basically, that's what we're saying. Like, you may not get any more money, but you're going to be gainfully employed. That's what I'm holding over your fucking head. So you're going to take this abuse, whether you like it or not. So when Billy yeah, left, he couldn't Bob fucking take Cratchit, it. Bob grateful yep. for a fucking coal. Yes. Freezing, staying mm-hmm. late. Yes. <laughs> so Fuck like, you. Or the Ebenezer duck <laughs> stealing the cheese from the mouse. Let's make him the crumb back. <laughs> Remind me to put that dip in Great there somewhere. Reference. This is from when Jackie left. It's a clip of some caller calling in and giving Jackie shit. And, of course, Billy gets referenced as another non-essential piece of the show. Yeah, uh, Glenn, you're on the air. <laughs> hey, come on. <laughs> <laughs> the sheer like an, ad, like an advertisement Mike Lindell should be fluffing it for a my pillow commercial <laughs> look at that fucking thing black cotton <laughs> the sheer the sheer hey, volume stuff it with it we 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 find in our factories we make it with the finest <laughs> you fucking get that mustache guy and Shane stuffing this fucking pillow with that shit. Look at that out of air. <laughs> it's it's awful, man. Then that the microphone, sorry, the headphones are just compressing it to go further to the back. It's amazing. Good morning. Damn, the show's not going to be the same. He's an endless source of material. Going back from Star Search, his wife banged a black guy. That's right. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna, uh, I, I tell you, we, listen, we want the Jackie to keep working here, but I'll tell you what I'll do. Somehow, I always seem to go on. Oh, yeah, you can do it out of Well, you know, that's what people said when Billy left. Yeah. Billy left the show, that was the end of the show. Billy who? Exactly. <laughs> Let me finish my list. <laughs> when, when Snooki was arrested at the Jersey Shore <laughs> with her hair in a clip, it looked more put together. <laughs> what well, the fuck is that? So, I mean, you're going to hear it, guys. We're going to go through the history of Howard Stern, uh, parts of it that have to do with Billy leaving. And this one clip I brought it up is Robin talking about him. And you hear it. I don't think she can help it, but she's being so haughty and bitchy. It comes off as bitchy. She might actually be matter-of-factly and just saying, you know, it's trying to be sound uh, smart. But in the end, it just sounds like she's talking shit about Billy. So you hear it for yourselves and you judge. One week later, on November 1st, 1995... Longtime contributor and master voice artist Billy West would make his final on-air contribution to the Howard Stern Show. Billy was a great guy. I mean, he was great to work with. He was a real fan of the show and knew the history of the show and loved contributing to the show. And there was nothing you couldn't ask him to do. And when he'd start riffing on whatever it was he was doing, he just gave it 100%. So he... Okay, so here's where it starts coming in. He was one of those great guys to work with, of course, until, you know, uh, those money issues came up, you know, that always <laughs> happened to get in the way of artistic integrity. <laughs> Fucking cunt. <laughs> oh, my God, because God forbid people want to get paid for their talent and they don't want to skate by on the fact they hold something over you, like the fact they need you because you're black. Oh, Yes. So what you're going to hear now is another segment of that, and um, the hits keep on coming. Hey, Howard, I listened to you like the tour on tape, man. Thanks. Uh, I had a question. I wanted to find out your side of something. Uh, 
Billy West was on Fitzsimmons' show, uh, I don't know, nine months back, and I called him. Why won't Billy him. come on our show? Now, by the way, this is we're going to play with time a little bit. I've decided it's better that way. This is from uh, December 11th or November 12th. I'm not sure based on how it was uh, saved. 2008. And uh, it's a long extended clip. And it sounds you, you really hear you hear for yourself. But Wiggy sounds like it turns pissed off. And then he's vacillating like, oh, you know, he was talented. But why the fuck isn't he on our show? And we also have to remember 2008 was a very uh, trying year in regards to Artie. Yes. A lot of of behind-the-scenes contention. Yeah, chicanery, fuckery, and then just absolute. And this is long since the bro fight, too. So, And Artie's doing his best to try to make it seem like uh, he's trying to play peacemaker here between Billy leaving and, and whatever else. But the thing is, what's coloring it is when Artie starts talking, you realize... He's taking the kid gloves off. He's taking. He's putting the kid gloves on, rather, and having to placate this fucking pelican. And he knows that it's a bone of contention. He knows why Billy left. Yep. This is also, too, around the same time when a lot of the shows that were getting put on Sirius XM, like the Riley Martin show, um, Greg Fitzsimmons show, uh, Andy Dick, all these things started having a problem with Howard. So... Every it seemed like Howard started getting fed up with a bunch of things at the same time in two thousand eight. Yep. yep, he was he became more and more the ringleader and less and less the actual focus, and uh, he didn't like it. Uh, he's boycotting us. Yeah, we love Billy. I don't know. I don't know. Understand? Like Billy, I don't know. I must have wronged him in some way. I don't know. I don't think yeah. so. Well, oh, you think? Yeah. Uh, he. Uh, I remember when you had the creator of Ren and Stimpy on to confront it. Okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love I love when Sam <laughs> gets incredulous with regards to their bullshit reactions and Robin parroting like I don't know what it could have been. Oh, it's just the ultimate gaslighting. I can't yeah. stand when people just completely feign ignorance. Yeah, it's just it blow. Oh, who me? Doe in the woods? Right. Oh, doe in the woods? I'm gonna get a rifle and shoot you right between the eyes. You fuck. Right, but that was a boulder that hit you, not a bullet in the head. Um, yeah, it, it's it's, and I didn't pull the trigger. You know, the gun went off well, somehow. I'm going to right <laughs> exactly. now. Fuck yeah. right off. Yeah, it's disingenuous, and it because the thing is, at, by this point, everybody, a lot of people were recording the show, and so this is where really the the, the genesis of fan hatred starts within the mid mid two thousands, early two thousands, actually, because they're getting lied to, and they can play these things back, and they hear, no, you're full of shit. I'm not getting married. I'm not getting married. I got married. I'm not having a star-studded wedding. I had a star-studded wedding. So he can pull this shit off now because there's so many disjointed listeners. Oh, yeah. But back then, no, you can't. Mm -hmm. You couldn't. And we had all of these other, you know, Stern Fan Network or other points to connect us together to say, that's a lie. Robinswrong.com. You know, right. Well, like, to the point to the point where even his own bulletin board, he had to shut it down because it was uniformly negative. They kept fucking shitting on him. And I wish I could play those clips. But that's because he had no control over what people really thought. And that was his first taste of, oh, they really do think I'm an asshole. Well, it's you were a uniform liar and people yes. are calling you out for being one. Yep. So take your medicine. Yeah. 
And when that, like, anyway, I called the show and asked him about it because I remember he looked really stricken. And he said a lot of people don't know, but the day before, uh, he had buried his brother up in Boston, and he even made a joke about how there was a wreath there that said, from your friends at the Howard Stern Show. I'm just wondering, is that something you regret? Is that, like, something that... Do I regret what? Uh, Billy's brother dying? Well, just going ahead with the bit the next day. Well, uh, I didn't know Billy. I didn't even know Billy had a brother. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't know he had a brother. Okay, that's fine. He put, Maybe he didn't know. That's fine. But he, nobody would have told him, like, look, he's just coming back from burying his brother. He, like, maybe Billy didn't tell anybody. It's It's entirely possible. But regardless, let's say he didn't fucking have a funeral that he just came back from. Who the fuck would have loved to have been sandbagged like that? I don't know if he said anything to anybody, so that's a little gray for me, so I'm not sure, but Howard was never, look at what bits he did, He uh, somebody suicided themselves based mm-hmm. on how he treated them, so uh, I don't think it's beneath him to even consider behavior like that. No, God, no. He's a sociopath. There's no way he would have given a f- two shits or a fuck if he had found out that Billy was, you know, bereaving a, a sibling. Look at the excuse he made for not going to Gary's father's funeral. Yeah. Beth broke my her fucking dr- ho- Yeah, her my hoof. drunk, cokehead, <laughs> social life beard decided to stumble down a staircase. Yeah. How did we get a wreath? <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know that we had a wreath there. Did we have a wreath at Billy's <laughs> funeral? I, he was being facetious. I, yeah, I think he was being sarcastic. Yeah. Zero uh, recollection of Billy's brother dying right. or yeah. sending a wreath. I didn't really know Billy all that well, honestly. Billy worked on the show. He was sort of a new guy on the show, if you think about it. And oh, such re- my such re- God. Such revisionist a fucking BS. I didn't know who he was. This is no different than I was doodling. What happened? I didn't really know how he was, but he knew enough about him to judge him on the fact he was disloyal and make all those judgments about his character. Mm-hmm. As you'll hear. And also, like, he also knew enough to, um, uh, to you know, request that he work under the fucking table and don't tell his unions that he's getting less than scale, uh, you know, if he accepts. Uh, he knew enough to uh, basically call him a disloyal employee that's uh, gambling with a, his career that and I don't give a shit call him about. out in front of it on the air that could jeopardize future employment for him, say mm-hmm. that didn't work out, yep. and jeopardize further employment for him. So, mm-hmm. you know, he knew him enough for that. Yep. He knew him enough to uh, throw his wife into the mix and chastise her. Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. I like yeah. Billy. Maybe Billy was thrown by the fact that I'm not a real social kind of guy. I don't like really pal around, but uh, I never... <laughs> no, yeah, he didn't give a fuck a about. Friend. He didn't because give a fuck a about friend. your social. Yeah. He didn't give a fuck about your social ability or lack thereof. He just hated how he was fucking treated. And you know how he was treated like shit, like spare parts. And he's going to go on to explain that himself. I have. I never will. I'm just that kind of fucking guy. But I don't know. I. I I, I just like Billy. I thought he was super talented, and I love when he came on the show. And he decided to leave over a money issue, and you know, I kind of begged Tom to keep Billy with the show. I thought he was strong. I th- also thought he was real strong, just being a presence at K Rock, because he could add to their promos and everything. I mean, he was a strong player. I kind of begged Tom. You, you don't uh, kind of beg. That's that's like Opie kind of begging Sirius to keep Anthony on after the racist 
nonsense. That's yeah. the kind of begging that Howard did. It's bullshit. Right. Yeah. Bullshit. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't work things out. And then I was like, wow, oh shit, Billy's leaving. But then I think now I think Billy just like is mad at me somehow because he doesn't come on and do the show ever. And did he participate in the um because there was a highlight weekend of uh, Billy West, right? Now, by the way, guys, he will appear in the, the history of Howard Stern. Billy does appear to make he records his recollection basically for the history of Howard Stern. And you'll hear that. But this is, you know, a couple of years before and they'd done some like Billy Week spot, Billy West spotlight that week or something like that. I'm sorry, I'm exploding. Um, <laughs> I just made my cheeks blow up like a balloon and had to release it. Um, <laughs> I I. I kind of, I don't, I, I think he's mad at me. I, I don't know. You yeah. sandbagged him. Could yeah. you imagine if anybody did that to you? You sandbagged the guy. Right. He was, he spent 30 years goofing on fucking Steve Perry for calling him Big Bird. What do you think? <laughs> but, but it's fine. Like that's, but that's the real venal sin. But somebody like Billy, what, what you did to him, I don't know why. I don't know why he's pissed. What, what did I Could do? You- could you imagine if there were roles were reversed and let's say Billy had more power than Stern mm-hmm. and he had Howard on a show and had Steve Dahl on yeah. to talk about what bits he stole from him. Mm-hmm. Could you or the grease fucking man. imagine? Or, or anybody, all these guys, Alex Bennett, all these guys that he ripped off of uh, over the years. And uh, yeah, it would be, he'd be, first of all, he'd have no comeback. He'd have no reply. He'd be just fucking stunned into submission. Let's have Rush on. Yeah. Let's have I a po- let's have a political is. argument with Rush to see what a fucking idiot you are. How much would you love to have him, uh, Kumia, and Opie and who him, Opie and Anthony in the same room doing it like exactly a back and forth with no bread, no water, just no windows, no uh, able, not able to get out. He'd be stuck to the chair. They're all locked in, and all they can do is talk. Well, that's another reason why uh, the ONA thing was so unfucking fair because he would never face them. He would never. No. He would never just go toe to toe with them in a market or in in a sense of just get them in a room mm-hmm. and have at it. Go toe to toe argument and have at have at the issues. Well, the thing is also that he, some, some people may beg to differ, but I believe he knew, he saw the writing on the wall. He knew he was not going to make the same money at regular radio. And Matt, in fact, was going to start trending downward because they were cutting into his fucking ratings and would have supplanted him had he stayed. I'm sure of it. And uh, as it is, um, he took the quick payday because he knew like that his, his earning days were going to come to an end. Like he's still making money, yeah, but he wasn't going to make the serious money that he did in that first contract if he had stayed a regular radio. Just wouldn't have. And he couldn't hang. He couldn't no. hang the way Kumia could hang. No. And Kumia and Kumia and Norton, what they brought on, and Opie brought a level, a level to the ship. If it mm-hmm. was just Anthony and Norton, it would have went a little bit off the rails, I believe. Yeah. I think Opie definitely studied that ship in a way that it needed to be studied during certain mm-hmm. times. Yeah, he definitely fucked up a lot of bits, and I think he was definitely unfunny. Yeah, he's untalented. Kind of, yeah, for sure. And he definitely fucking drove the car off the yeah. street multiple mm-hmm. times where it was yep. like, what the fuck are you doing? But he 
Anthony and Jimmy and that whole dynamic, I think mm-hmm. Howard saw, I don't, I don't have that. Yeah, he, I he don't was, have that. He feared and it. And I don't know how to make that. Yeah. He feared it. And it like, he didn't have to, he didn't realize he just had to compete with himself and he couldn't, that's the problem. He was losing against his own show and the history and the, the memory of the show being so good. And when you lost Jackie, I love Artie, but it, it definitely, the, the, the apex was way before Jackie left. And when Jackie really did leave, it just went further downhill. And Artie was sort of like the um, training wheels, keeping the thing, you know, steady, but then they can't last forever. Well, he could have competed if he would have kept Artie, if he would have kept the uh, realness and the fun time going mm-hmm. and the the real aspect in the sale, the Richard, the Artie, the Scott, the block mm. parties, uh, the back office radio, yep. the real aspect going, the things that were working, mm-hmm. they could have had a definite toe-to-toe match with ONA, I feel like, mm-hmm. that could have been you guys could have really duked it out and it would have been incredible radio. And I would have loved to see real competition between the both of them. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately his ego would have never let that happen. No, cause you couldn't chance losing. And that's exactly what he probably would have done. And losing to his own people. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he, he did voiceovers for it. Yeah. Yeah. So he will do that, but he won't come on the show. Yeah. I know Billy was really excited that we, showcased all his work mm-hmm. as a fan of the show i think when billy was here almost every day it was a golden age of the show yeah. i loved it loved it but at the same time uh and i i think uh, learning from people's past people in the past their mistakes i think billy would uh say in his career that's when he was certainly the most well known and probably doing like he just fit into this so perfectly now, Artie's going to, like I said, he's going to be a little diplomatic about it, but he's also going to kiss Howard's ass a little too much. And I think also this is the problem. At, but the end of 2008, the bro fights already happened. And I believe Artie's like, I got to placate this fucker a little longer. I have to, you know, tread very carefully here because if he says too much, he's going to give Billy too much credit and Wiggy's going to get pissed off at him again. See, this never works well. So this no. is a bad politician. Yes. This is somebody that tries to play all sides and doesn't win. No, You're dumb. And it's, it's disingenuous as well. And already he has to know it sounds it's just the way same way he goes, oh, you're dating a supermodel and all that shit. It that's when I kind of was annoyed by Artie because he couldn't just call a spade a spade. And when right. he got so, drunk, when he unfortunately, when he was liquored up, that's when the courage came out. and He could call someone a pelican. That when Artie was his best is when he was in the bro fight when he said his truth unfiltered unfiltered truth is Mm -hmm. when he was his best that's right and uh, it's not like we wanted to be a certain narrative guys like on his podcast when he started getting negative because we know he was clearly drugged up and boozed up when he was talking shit about howard in the interim like when he was doing the quitter podcast but there that's at least he was being honest in my opinion he wasn't i don't think he was just trying to get a reaction i think he was really saying look i'm fucking pissed I think you and I both agree, though. We love the Nick and Artie. Like, when he was pretty much, I think, sober or sober-ish. For the we first love... six, eight months, yeah. Yeah, you and I share clips. We love that It was show. great. It was so great. Oh, yeah. In, in a he way, did. like, I feel the same way about my... Not that it's a golden age show because of me. I'm saying in my career... Right. I'm pretty resigned to the fact that <laughs> this is as good as I'm ever going to be somewhere. I just, I just fit in here well, and I think... I think he was regretted maybe uh, not staying with it because he was becoming a rock star, Billy. Everybody loved uh, him. Billy, and, you know, but why would here, he be upset with him? 
folk, no, he was, he was, first of all, he was not a rock. He like, he was getting notoriety, but not money. And he would not have stayed already. That's, that's erroneous. See, I think this is where I, again, with just how you said that, Artie downplays his own talent. And this is mm-hmm. Artie's demise. This is his yeah. own self-destruction uh, where yeah. he doesn't, he, uh, this is my, this is my pinnacle. So yeah. why are you putting yourself at this is your pinnacle? Right. When you could have more than this. You could have more than this. Your talent is way better than what this is offering you. Well, don't let them think don't let them trick you into thinking that this is all you're going to get and this is the best you're going to get. You could get better than this. And yes. Billy was smart enough to know that he was better than that. He recognized that he his value was not being taken into consideration and he left. Artie never got the full measure of his own worth at the show because they made sure to you know say, oh, look, in the show business, they're not going to fucking put up with your drug shit. We will. And then also, you know, like, uh, you're not going to get a better gig than this. Look, you're getting all this stand-up money and stuff. And he was. But had he stayed and he continued that course, he would not have been getting repeat business again. Because people were fed up with his stand-up. I wish if we had any fans that saw Artie in those later years, his stand-up shows, people were getting bitch. They were bitching, saying it was awful. It's the same material. He's drunk. Wasted our money. The openers were better. And it's sad. I don't want to say that about Artie. We love him so much. But I would never have gone to see him during those years. Because you would have heard every joke on the show. Yeah. You know, though, it's it's interesting. Billy and Artie probably got the same type of treatment from the Stern show, the not nurturing, break you down type of treatment. You're never going to get any better than this. This is the best it's going to get. You shouldn't go anywhere. You take what we give you. you. Correct. And this is two different. This is two super talents who took it two completely different routes. One mm-hmm. person thought, no, I know my worth. And one person thought, yeah, you're right. This yep. is all I'm good for. And Billy was a man. Like that's the difference. Artie was way younger and Billy was a little older than Howard. And he's like, I don't need this shit. And he had the strength of will to say, I'm more talented than this. I can leave. I'm going to leave and I'm going to succeed. So fuck you. And that's exactly what you're going to hear from him, from the man himself. Well, I mean, I think I maybe he's upset with himself for doing it, and it, it manifests itself in other ways. Like, you know what, that... though? I'll tell you something. You're right. Billy was getting to the point where he was getting the cut. Like, Ivan Reitman hired him for that cartoon that they did, the animated cartoon. Right. And I... As opposed to the other kind of cartoon? What a fucking 79. He's talking about Space Jam, and I looked this up. In, in uh, Space Jam was released sometime in, no- I think, November 96. Yeah, Billy, I Billy loved w- that movie. But I looked it up. He he might actually be right with this because Ivan Reitman took care. He was a part of the production. They started production 19 months earlier. So he's going to say that I only know Billy because I listened to the show. We know Reitman was a fan of the show. That's that's a documented fact. So it's very possible he heard Billy and said, yeah, absolutely. That's a the, you know, that's one in Billy's favor. So I'm not going to give Stern shit about this particular fact because it most likely is true. And didn't Ivan Reitman have something to do with he private parts or yes. script? Yeah. Yeah, he was he took over the production for that when it was not getting under off the ground because all these fucking scripts were being, you know, thrown out and Wiggy was, you know, just being an asshole. They needed someone to A take charge Madonna. of shit. Yeah, they needed someone to actually take charge of it and be the person to say, look, I'm going to hang my hat on this fucking production. He's, he's just too much of a coward to let this thing go into production, Wiggy. 
So, well, he was being Judy Garland. Yeah. Like without it, late, even... late stage <laughs> Judy Garland at the, what was it? The, the marquee or wherever it was in London. I mean, so, so the idea that Ivan gave Billy the job on the basis of his performances on Stern is entirely plausible. And the timeline works because it was a 19 month production space jam. It was huge. Cause they had to do the, you know, real action and then animation. I didn't see it. I'm sure you saw it back in the day. Cause that was, you know, um, the soundtrack was huge. Everyone yeah, had was. the CD my age. Yep. Welcome to the Space Jam. And it was a, With a your hands in the air if it feels fine. So, <laughs> so it was, good. So it was, so it was a huge success. And it success. was huge. And then yep. they sold all the merchandise. And back then, the Disney stores, every mall had a Disney store. And it was a Warner Brother Disney store. So yep. they sold all the clothes and stuff for that. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a... Michael Jordan back then. I mean, yeah. you couldn't get any bigger. You no. couldn't get any more iconic. No. And it was to kind of, you know, the same way that Roger Rabbit was such a phenomenon. Uh, they made it work as well. I, I'm sure. But Roger Rabbit, the critics loved. Nobody loved Space Jam except, you know, the fans. But the critics hated it. They really thought it was a piece of shit. And um, of but either way. It's a piece of shit, but it's a piece yeah. of shit. Everyone saw. And that's right. It's the merchandise. They must have cleaned up fan. Fuck. Oh my God. The merchandise. Everyone had your Tweety Bird, Michael Jordan basketball tank top with yep. the with the with the characters on it. Of course I did. And I had the shorts and everything. Everybody did. Yep. Ivan came to me and he said, you know, because this is right around when Billy left. He'd hired him before Billy left. He goes, I hired Billy because I was working with Ivan. He said I, he said it was this Michael Jordan cartoon that was. Oh, big. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and Stern's also correct. In '95 through up until the release of Private Parts, the production goes like a year and a half because they're, he's just being a fucking prima donna. And Space Jam's around the same time, except it's released about three months, four months earlier before Private Parts is. Uh, Space Jam. Oh, the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The movie. Yeah. Billy got hired to do the voice of Bugs Bunny and wow. some other people. That's a big gig. <laughs> so Ivan said to me, he goes, you know, I hired Billy because I know him from your show. I said, he said, there's a lot of guys who do Bugs Bunny. He goes, but I like Billy because he's on your show. Oh, of course. And um, I said, wow, you know, that's really cool. He goes, it's it's his calling card. It's like everyone knows him from the show. And no, they they might have known no. him from the show, but if he doesn't have the talent, he doesn't get the gig. Is the inherent point he's missing here? It's all right. if, it's all about him. It's I'm he's on my show. It's on me. I'm responsible for this. So it's like what Chicago Bob said: denigrate, or like like or or claim ownership, claim like kind of responsibility for that person's success, and discard. Or and yeah, the discard is, you know, that's the other option. And uh, it's funny. It's like, but isn't it, isn't it incredible? Me. Like if if he didn't sound like Bugs Bunny. Right. He wouldn't be in the fucking movie. Couldn't get the gig. Yeah. Just ask anybody he's... like just ask Sandy Hackett how he's doing with his stand up. Um, you, you just because your old man is down or Mindy Rickles. Oh, my God, guys. I'm, I, I love Don Rickles, but his daughter is the direct opposite of talented. And if you see that fucking stand up she's trying to do, it's awful. It really is awful. And, uh, but that's no slight against her because no one can be done. You're not going to be your father, but her, on her own merits, it's not very funny. And so you feel bad because <laughs> she's going into this field, maybe do something else, you know? You know, and, and I love, you know, I used to love the fact 
like Melissa Rivers, you know, she knew she wasn't a comedian. She went into production. Yes. Like she went into production. How are you going to top your mother? One of the best female comics, best comics of all time. All time. uh, yeah. And uh, so you, you, the best way is to go do something else. Gee, he goes, I think he would have even been bigger. Yeah, well, even dude, bigger. I, I completely agree with you. I think he... Um, I kind of like Billy, away. I wish oh, Billy I, did stand up because the fact that I... He do, does do stand up. But, I, you know, on the level I do where he really right. went on the road because, I, you know, nobody has to tell me that this show makes me like a, a, almost a rock star to these people because I go and I see it. It's great to get that love. Oh, fuck off. Already. Kiss the Honestly. ring. Kiss the ring. Yeah, this is this is where you, you lose complete respect for him because he's clearly just sucking ass. I mean, all I have in my head is like just a scene of like some Roman, you know, some Cecil B. DeMille movie. And it's like yeah. palm leaves. And it's just like you, the camera goes and it's just like wiggy and a yep. fucking throne and everybody's just fucking lapping his ass it's disgusting it, it is and it's sad that he has to he has to you know he requires that and i'm not yeah. delusional i, I know wish, that um, it creates it's created from here no, he I is really stay with the yeah, show yeah. i do i it's a, it's a it's a big sadness to me but you couldn't really convince me. i think billy just wanted to go try things on his own mm-hmm. i don't think he wanted to be in hollywood yeah he did yeah i don't think billy just went away the way you said um he went out to the West Coast, he became like really one of the premier voice guys. Yeah, like, yeah, doing- yeah, yeah. I don't want to give the impression yeah. that he's some sort of loser. I mean, he's, he's making a great living. <laughs> 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 uh, the unreliable narrator Bowie. strikes again. <laughs> Way to go, Bowie! <laughs> Popping it's, the balloon. <laughs> it really, you know what? It's so true. It's the unreliable narrator. It's like right. Russian literature. It's yeah. like. All of a sudden, this whole unreliable narrator's going. It's a Dostoevsky fucking go, novel. Go back into the <laughs> go back into the Robin Williams minisode, guys, where we played near oh the God. end. Bowie uh, on the wrap up show, the more recent wrap up show, saying I don't think Artie's, I don't think um, Howard's right about that because I don't remember anything about the nanny in the original broadcast. And meanwhile, <laughs> he just completely flies in the face of his fucking pelican boss. What it's is what he's so had to say? Crazy, like yep. yeah, you. That's not what happened. No, it isn't made uh, 10 times more first of all he didn't work for us right. he, worked he worked for, for k-rock right and k-rock said go do howard in the morning and go do this in the afternoon and i think he was not happy with what he was paid at k-rock he wasn't and so he went out west and he made probably i'd say 10 or 15 times more money right. you know doing national cheerio spots and national m&m spots you hear him everywhere wow well but, it depends on what's more important but to you, but, you know? but he had more fame with us but he probably makes more money now but i if i had to guess first of all i've asked him to come back to the show so many times that I've lost count. Okay, go ahead. Bing, bing. Cheerios, M&M's. He, so Bowie has just, in about three seconds, systematically took Destroyed. a sledgehammer mm-hmm. to this narrative. Yep. He got national, nationally funded, national corporate sponsors to pay him to do voiceover work. And de- you know how much fucking money there is for people in the field who do these things? Especially when the, 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 if it's a national commercial, they get residuals up the fucking ass constantly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's just like saying, oh, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, we had Cindy Crawford. She was, you know, but then she just got Pepsi. 
you know. Exactly. Big deal. She's exactly. just an she's just an intern here, and then she just got Pepsi. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, uh, I think Billy, Billy would say like he wanted more money, but he also wanted a guaranteed gig. Like he wanted, and they weren't willing to give him the guaranteed gig for the money he would have wanted. But I think he would have accepted less money to be there doing that work if he had job security. And clearly, there was none. Yeah. You know, well over a dozen times. And what is your answer ever? Well, it depends on who you talk to, but but uh, you know, they. This is what always makes you nervous. Whoever you talk to always goes out of their way to tell you, listen. First of all, just want you to know, Billy holds no animosity. Now, when I don't ask you if there's animosity, and that's the first thing you say, I start to think there's animosity. I I think think there is. I think the animosity, if I had to guess, and this is just a pure guess, was that he wanted more money at K-Rock. He said he was going to leave, and I think there might have been some expectation that you... Okay, got to break that one up, guys. Sorry. Go in and say, I did. Wait a minute, make give him more money. I, like you can make people. So he's saying he did go on his behalf and not get the money. Bullshit. Did we not just hear him tell uh, Fred that you're here because I want you to be here? Yeah. Essentially. And he and then he pretended like it was his will. Right. And then, but here you're like, well, I asked and they wouldn't do it. Yeah, they wouldn't do what you said, but they did the with the other people. My fucking ass. Right. Go, go, go talk to Tom Giussano. He'll tell you, I was there a million times and I said it to Mel and Mel and he was Mel's guy. Mel brought him in. Uh, Mel loved Billy. And I said, well, why don't you make this guy, you know, whole in a sense. That's always the way I I talk to these guys. Why don't you really, you know, step up? He seems like a worthwhile guy, a guy who you don't want to lose from this family. Plus in a company like that, there are millions of uses for him. Yeah. Yeah, basically, he wanted Billy for as cheap as he fucking could. Didn't want to pay him. And Mel was just saying, Mel's a big, tight, tight wad. He's a billionaire fucking tight wad. And um, they basically wanted him there for slave labor. The same way he treated uh, Jackie. Like, you take what you can fucking get. And that was the end of it. And Billy was like, I'm not going to swim in a pool that's been pissed in. Yeah. There's some way to pay the guy. I, 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 brilliant guy. Brilliant. Right. I, I've but spoken to a lot of they people. They didn't make the investment in him. And, you know, I even said to them, well, if you want. I'll I'll use Billy any way you want. I said if you only want to give me him a couple of days, I'll take him a couple. I'll take whatever you guys have put on the table. If Billy only wants to work part time, I'll take Billy part time. Whatever you want to do. And I said if that's a way of working around Billy, so Billy can go out and do his own thing. Uh, so I I thought I was pretty accommodating, and somehow Billy took that as like I didn't care. Uh, <laughs> oh oh, what a fucking lying sack of shit. Oh my god. Like he can go out and do his other things. We heard what you like. We heard what you say about people that do their own fucking gigs. Remember when the everybody went to the West Coast to uh, to do a gig and they left early that one time on a Friday. Yeah. And afterwards, yeah. what happened? Yeah, he was yeah, really happy about happens. side gigs. Yeah. Bullshit. Fuck. I, 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 it's just unbelievable. Just yeah. the absolute nonsense that comes out of his mouth and just the revisionist history of everything and they just all sit there like we're gonna just let this fly in Mm -hmm. the face of facts Mm -hmm. don't hear anything from fred no and and fred fred was one of the ones who was happiest he was probably left he probably because he's you know now i can do my fucking shit voices again (laughs) god damn it Yeah, yeah forever for every for every uh silence you hear of fred it's another awful puppet that mm-hmm. pops up now so enjoy everyone yeah yeah i know howard i know uh, billy once said to tom that gee howard doesn't want me full time i said 
I'll take. I'd love to have you full time. Oh, that's how he took it. Yeah. Like you were trying to get rid of him. No, I was trying to say, hey. I'll take him anyway. Get I'll him. Have him one day a week. I'll take him one day a week. Whatever yeah. you got, I'll take. I've spoken to people who have spoken to him, and if Billy was sitting here right now, I believe he wouldn't be upfront with you. But I've gotten the impression that he definitely left you feeling wronged on some level. Yeah, I and know. I just don't know what I it is. I agree with you. But I, I don't know. know what I've it is. I've talked to Billy since. Is is Howard? Char uh, the, the yellow wallpaper, Charlotte per Perkins Gelman, <laughs> the, the psycho who wrote the yellow wallpaper. I mean, like, is he just inventing this as he goes along? Of course. The crazy. Like, he just is just like, I, I seriously think he just is inventing this as he goes along. Well, He's of course. Inventing this as he goes along. Well, that's what all that you know, all un unpolished liars do the same thing. Whatever suits their narrative that second is what they're going to say. Just and you're supposed to take it. it. Yeah. And you, the fan, the dumbo fan, which let's be honest, most of Stern fans were a bunch of dumbasses. They would just take it as a matter of course and not question, like, oh, you know what? Didn't he say he liked Lena Dunham today? Didn't he call her a fat fucking fat pig yesterday? You know? Like, it's which my is it? truth. It's my truth. <laughs> what? No, you're a liar. <laughs> the truth is a the is like the um the asshole that the 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 that gets fucked at the fucking seven hundred person gangbang. The truth is the biggest casualty of this fucking show, and um it's I, it's oh. <laughs> and I have no respect for people who just who can spout off so much trash talk. Yeah. And so much shit about certain facets of the show or people. And then then Defend. they pretend that they don't say this stuff. I lost. You're right. I lost all respect for Rogan after he would not condemn Amy Schumer for that obvious joke theft. He was dancing around it. Meanwhile, he ruined he helped to ruin Carlos Mencia's career, rightfully so, who was in like a no joke thief before Internet became so prominent in the, the demise of his fucking stand up, which it should have happened. But then and then even Dane Cook got into problems like with, uh, with plagiarism. Dennis Leary would have lost his career a long time ago had the Internet been what it was, you know, more later on. But then to justify and say, you know, there's an originality issue. That fucking documentary, that porcelain documentary you uh, recommended to me, The Elephant yes, in the yes, Room. Yes, 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 yes. It's brilliant. That's it's a two parter guys on Amy Schumer. It's fantastic. The guy <laughs> does such a good job. He deserves if he's got a Patreon, she give him a few shekels. It's worth it just for that two parter alone. And uh, he dissects her bullshit. So and Joe Rogan takes a hit and he should. And then everybody else, Norton's Norton's the same. That fucking cockroach. The worm just, turns. Yeah, he's he he does he did a great one on him too. And um, I mean, I have no respect for these people. Like when Norton, I when Norton trashed Steve Martin in a book, then met him and then apologized. That's when I lost all respect for him. Not that I had much to begin with, but I'm like, yes, you actually went after him for some good reason. There's no reason to remake the fucking Pink Panthers. And as a comedian, Steve Martin should have known better. And then his idea, well, I'm going to pay tribute to this friend of mine. Then pay tribute and sh and and talk about how awesome the original films were. Don't try to remake it as some kind of tribute. No one wants your fucking tribute. Leave well then, enough alone, asshole. Yeah, exactly. Leave well enough alone. And then if you happen to see the person that you trash afterwards, don't, don't you back, dare. Don't, don't back up. Backpedal. How's that person what supposed to look at you? Is any spineless? Yeah. <laughs> I would have. I would have told Steve Martin, "Yeah, you deserve that cocksucker." What do you think? Why do you think I wrote that? Because it's the truth. 
And maybe more of your friends should have told you. Maybe Martin Short should have told you. Why don't you go remake, I don't know, all the shit films you've been releasing since, I don't know, 1985. Do Why don't you remake? Any audience would respect, <laughs> like, would any audience respect us? for backpedaling and interviewing someone. Well, yeah, like we've been trashing. We trash Shuli nonstop. If Shuli wants to come in and interview, sorry, not going to fucking happen. Pull the audio, grab this, save this, play this for that. When we have Shuli on, which will never fucking happen. The next time it'll happen. You you missed when it does happen. You'll need a fucking oxygen tank to breathe by then, because it's just not going to, when we like, you know, talking shit about Brent and Caitlin and having them on, we would never do that. Yeah, the character is awful. Right. So why would you fucking tie your wagon to them? I just don't understand it. Anyway, some people just desperate, I suppose. He left. Yeah. And it wasn't that long after he left. And he never said to me that he was upset. He said it was was time for him to leave. It's how he felt. And he hoped that Howard didn't bear him any ill will. Yeah, I certainly don't. I love it, Billy. Well, I do remember from listening to the master tapes that uh, I think it was from just a few months ago. I love Billy, my fucking <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, come on, honey. Let's be friends. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess he was doing auditions and missed like a rehearsal or something. And I do remember you going, little big man, little big man. And I think that may have gone up his ass sideways. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Listen, a lot of we we tease each other relentlessly Everybody on this show. Oh, so Howard was baiting him, right. and so now he's pretending like he doesn't know why. Mm-hmm. Well, here's why. And, uh, people do blow up. I don't know, you know. And I don't. Is Billy still married? Mm, I, don't that I don't know. know. Yeah, it'd be great to get him back one. You know, just one day. He's been asked so many times that. It just—it's pointless to keep asking. That's weird. That yeah, we would—we wouldn't ask anymore because it's almost like we're insulting the guy or something when we ask. You know, well, I mean, how many times can you either be told no? Or I mean, if you ask a girl out fifty times and yeah. she says no, you kind of—you know—are you, know, are you <laughs> taking no, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm sure you're used to it, Howard. Exactly. The guy who gets you 51 times, or do you finally say no? Yeah, sometimes you get a no, and sometimes you yeah. just don't get a response ever, right. which right. is even more insulting. That was the right. show, really, because Fred and him were great together. Fred could shine for a long time doing a voice, and he, the, then Billy could, and, you know, you involved, and Jackie <laughs> writing. It was just the, it was a great time for yeah. the show. It was, it was fun. But, uh, fun, yeah, it was a total party, you know. Well, yeah, I was having a real party <laughs> anyway. So, uh, it seemed hey, like it. <laughs> hey, you I have no tra- idea how happy I was when I was in traffic on the garden state. You're never <laughs> happy. <laughs> yeah, well, that was the idea. <laughs> All he had to do was sit back and let them fucking fly, and he would collect massive amount of money for the talent that was, you know, Billy and Jackie writing those lines. And you, I want everyone to notice a theme Howard's mm-hmm. never happy, it doesn't matter what time period or who's on the show this motherfucker is never happy so i don't care what time period he's critiquing on i don't care if it's the billy era Artie era jackie era uh robin or fred books recently celebrities whatever covid i don't give a fucking shit america's got talent this motherfucker is never happy so you're welcome to never being happy. You're never going to yeah. please King Baby. 
No, it's uh, some of the term I believe is called anhedonia, which is a Greek word. Anhedonia, I think, or something. Anyway, I'm not sure. I got to get my I got to get my Yiddish together to sound make that one sound correctly. But I believe it's an ability in an inability to experience pleasure. And a lot of famous people do have that. Actually, it's a bottomless well. You can't sign enough autographs. You can't get enough fucking box office success. You can't uh, get enough Academy Awards. And it's such an empty fucking life. I believe it was Harold Ramis in the Belushi Bible. Biography. Uh, if anyone hasn't read it, it's the one just called Belushi, oral biography of um, of John Belushi, and it's fantastic. And he said, he talked to Chevy Chase one time, who said, Chevy, he goes, Chevy, you know, you can't make them all love you. And Chevy said, yes, I can. And he said, it's such a self-defeating prophecy um, when you have that in mind like you're never going to be able to sell and he harold ramos was fully aware there are people in fucking hollywood who don't want me don't like me wouldn't hire me for snl like fuck you eat my dust bitch here's ghostbusters here's stripes here's meatballs and i'm gonna fucking take your stars and i'm gonna have writer and creator produ- creator producer credit and i'm gonna fucking star in it and have like incredible success and that's how billy handled it you know that word that you just said in Greek. Whatever "skrok" that that uh, takes to say that word, I would love if you could make that sound and just and then dump it all over Howard. That would be great. <laughs> Whatever that based, takes. Based on our last episode, I think he already mastered it with the. Oh, <laughs> that was insane. That was crazy. I said so. There, there was this. So uh, I said I go guys just just so you know it's a uh, thermos tutor needed probably minute one okay one hour 16 minutes through something like that or one hour 18 minutes something like that if you want to just scroll straight through it where we recorded him we played him hawking <laughs> yeah the radio one. engineer left in a coughing wheezing fit <laughs> and I could not believe how embarrassing it was and bad and I go oh my god I was I was I literally fell off my couch rolling on the floor like a beetle laughing Sam i was called crying wheeze wheeze <laughs> and i said it reminded me of the toy story toy when yeah. in the first toy story the penguin woody goes he looks behind the shelf he goes wheezy is that you and there's a penguin behind the shelf covered in dust he's like ah! yeah. it's like this wheeze box he's like <laughs> yep it's so bad. This the, he couldn't stop coughing. I was like, "Why isn't he muting himself? What is happening?" <laughs> I loved it. I hurt myself laughing, and Raven, I think, was laughing more at my reaction <laughs> because I just lost it. It was organic. We don't like. I can. I laugh at my comments sometimes because I don't know. I'm easily amused, I suppose. But when that happened, when I heard that fucking thing the second time, and that coming out of nowhere, like. <clears throat> <laughs> like a, it, three packs a day kind of cough <laughs> it really was it was just like i was picturing in my head like you know shady pines rest home and people like just you know taking their walkers and like <laughs> he was just lodging a buick from his throat <laughs> it's just <laughs> like so, who needs to have their bedpan emptied? It's anyway, crazy. <laughs> so the next clip is called "Stack Staff Collectively Comment on His uh, Decision to Leave." Billy leaving the show. There's no story. It was none of my business, and I didn't know his business. I just loved him and still love him, and he was so talented. And just one day, he wasn't there anymore, and it wasn't discussed. And. <laughs> 
you know, it was everything I could do to keep my place and try and get my money and try and, you know, it was every man for himself, unfortunately. Don Buckwald, as I remember the story. This is my favorite part. Buckwald comes in and he's like dismissive of obviously the wife was the manager, really. And he's like the manager, whoever that was, exact same move his fucking main star client does. Whoever that is, dismissive fucking Don asshole Fuckwald. That's yeah. Go ahead. Doesn't this sound like some crazy, like you know, political change? Like one day we they weren't there anymore, mm-hmm. and we couldn't yeah. say anything about it. Yeah, it was a coup d'état. Like, How I didn't know it's a that coup. Was <laughs> <laughs> so Billy West and whoever his management was in conversation with the radio station. Next thing Howard knew was that Billy West was leaving. You know, the way Billy left the show was just really one of the weirdest things. Billy and I were very, very friendly, even outside of the show. We go out to dinner from time to time. We had a little group of people, Flo from Flo and Eddie, and <laughs> name-dropping Bowie, latching on to someone so he can go talk with so he can have dinner with Flo and Eddie. What an asshole. <laughs> he really is the biggest climber. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, any, just anybody, just anybody to have dinner and drop a name and please give me $5. Yeah. You can see <laughs> Bowie a, like... He's the biggest name-dropping panhandler there is. <laughs> he's such a fucking barnacle. Like, he'd be with the gaffer, like the gaffer for the Springsteen Touring Company, seeing if he could get in on, I don't know, some kind of like, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> backstage pass. <laughs> he's like the he's like the Delta Sonic dry... <laughs> When you're done with your car wash and he's like the dry rag, like, you know, when you it dries it with the automatic dryer and it's just like the end of it. And they're like, please let me white quick dry rag it off and give me a dollar before yeah. you leave. So it's so blatantly obvious. My wife and I and Billy and his girlfriend who then became his wife and a bunch of us, we just go out to dinner from time to time. And uh, I always felt I had a great relationship with Billy. And one day I was on the phone and uh, Billy came by and he goes, hey, can I talk to you? I go. Uh, yeah, I'll be off this call in a second. as well, I just want to say goodbye. Today's my last day. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. So I said to the person on the phone, I'll call you right back. And I go, what's going on? And he goes, well, you know, I asked for some things and they weren't able to give. Now, before you continue that, so it, I think it, with with Billy, it was clear he did the same thing that a lot of staff, some staffers are smart to do. Just leave. Don't tell anybody you're leaving because why Why do you need to get that fucking mockery? We've seen what happens to Scott Einziger and uh, Sussy and, you know, and friggin' John, Stuttering John. Stuttering John did it the right way, but he still had to eat shit on the way out. Because they'll sabotage your career. It's a, yeah. Look at the coup that yeah. goes on. Yeah, it's totally. It's a fucking total regime change and like... <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Next day you're at work and there's machine guns in the hallway and don't you fucking say Billy's name. <laughs> Frankie DeChico, be consigliere. To me and I'm just going to move ahead. And I go, gosh, I'm really sorry. And I, I talked to him about it a little bit, but he really didn't give up that much. And that was the way I knew he was leaving. Steve Grillo. I remember the day that Billy West left. <laughs> Prepare for the wisdom, guys. <laughs> and this is actually the reason why I left it in is because Grillo, he, the way he explains it, it's 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 just adding to that whole environment of fear and paranoia. Like he's saying he was got paranoid because he was afraid he was going to be fired. But what kind of fucking workplace do you have to be in where that's the overriding emotion and sensation you have when you hear news? <laughs> Like, oh my I god, am I fired? That is actual fear, or from the radiation from the microwave that he had to endure from all those potatoes he had to cook. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, 
It was uh, a very odd thing because, you know, working at the show, I would go through bouts of paranoia. Which <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna jumpstart his pacemaker. Which is probably normal for anybody else being there, but I would go through severe bouts of paranoia where the fact that something went down on the air and I got yelled at or something that I was getting fired. So I remember sitting across from Gary's office doing some work and <laughs> It sounds like a bad trip every day. <laughs> sounds like yeah. a bad shroom trip every day. Yeah. Stay away, from, stay away from the brown acid. Thinking something, I don't know why it was in my head, but I, I was like, they're going to fire me. They're going to fire me. <laughs> I was really, you, didn't, you didn't use PEI potatoes, asshole. You're getting let go. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> you left the skin on. <laughs> Kind of like, I had all this anxiety. What, what? He's covering his head. Yeah. Please don't kill me. <laughs> no, you just get this impression. Jim Grillo's under a desk and there's like the fucking Virginia Tech shooter or something. And he's like, well, you know, this is the, this is the stern Lockdown. compound. Lockdown drill. Yeah. And he built up in me. And then I saw Gary walk by with his face on. And I was like, Gary, uh, let me ask you a question. Uh, are you going to fire me? And he just looked up to me with like the saddest hook in his eyes. He goes, Billy West just quit. And I was like, what? And then suddenly my anxiety left. I felt bad, but I didn't. I was like, <laughs> thank you. It was somebody else. <laughs> oh, my God. This is so, so, could you imagine? This sounds healthy. <laughs> it's so, it's so tense and terrible and just really transparent. Really is like Survivor, the Howard Stern version, you know, or like, you know, The Walking Dead. There's always a character dying every episode. And, yeah, every, you know, this war of attrition. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody has to get their, you know. <laughs> Bowie, Bowie's got his survive. What is it called? An icon or idol? Whatever. He's got one to stay off. The lantern. And they, yeah. They have, to, they have to put the wick out. Yeah. Bowie's got the Gary puppet to save him. But then I, then I was like, oh, fuck, Billy West quit. I didn't want to hang a lantern on it. The fact that I was leaving, I didn't think it was a big deal. I thought the show was a beautiful unit in and of itself, whether I was there or whether I wasn't. And, um, you know, it was about money. I mean, how on earth could anyone have an issue with you if you stood to have a better future financially? But yeah, because they're running the radio show like Lord of the Flies. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Wee's Tardo is like Ralph in Lord of the Flies. Yeah. He's running it and they're all they're all fucking running around the island. <laughs> does that make does that make Robin Piggy? <laughs> Sorry. I'm making a move, whether it's leaving or going to somewhere. K-Rock general manager, Tom Chiasano. It was one of those monetary conflicts. I mean, Billy wanted a lot more money, and I had a budget, you know, and, I, and we would frequently break the budget if we really felt compelled to do it, and we certainly wanted to keep Billy around, but there was a price. There was a price. The price was, we do, okay, clearly if they wanted him there, if they wanted to keep him, they could have ponied up the money. That's, that's the takeaway, guys. Anyone want to dis disagree with this? Oh, I'm sorry for laughing so hard, guys. It just blows my mind. But I also have to say, can you imagine not taking away from Robin's salary that untalentless piece of shit to pay oh, yeah. for Billy's talent? 
You yeah. should have taken it out of her pocket. Holy shit. Yeah, it's it's to kind of staggers the money. Like even back then, even back then, people were like, "What the fuck does she bring to the show?" And take it out of Howard's pocket. He was getting yeah. way more than he should have. Oh, big time. There's always a price. A decision had to be made, and it killed me. It really did. I mean, I really loved it. I didn't like the way I was being double teamed by management. It was like you know, good cunt, bad cunt. And management to me sounds like Chiasano and Mel. Who claimed, he, you know, Howard claims Mel loved Billy, but not enough to keep him. Oh, it definitely sounds like they were, you know, behind the scenes working their angle to not pay him. Oh, yeah. They're saying you got to go see Howard. Oh, you got to go see Chiasano. Oh, you got to go see Mel. You got it. Same thing, Jackie. We talked about Jackie with the marbles episode that I did with Carrie that he they'd had given the go around and we'll try to wear you out and to, to where the where you go. I'm not getting a fucking raise. And they it was a war of like I said, they're trying a war of attrition. We it's even can wear you the fuck out. And Billy and Jackie was obstinate and he got his raises. He stood firm and Billy was obstinate and he left. Billy knew he was being fucked with and oh, yeah. there are some people and contracts fine, but like there are some people who are firm and this goes for legalities too. When you know you're fucked, you can sue for something like defamation and sure. you, you know, you're going to have to go through it, but mm -hmm. you have to stand firm and don't settle. No. if You really feel that way. And it's going to go through the process and it's going to take a lot for yep. you to do it, but do it. And I think Billy did the right thing. Well, it, 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 he did absolutely in retrospect and at the time, because ultimately, and if you're a professional and you've got, got some kind of body of work, you're always going to be employed as a voice, a voice actor doing anything. He could have been doing narration for, uh, uh, you know, for documentaries. He could have been doing like, you know, uh, commercials for all kinds of, uh, stations, promos and making a shitload of money as a free agent. I think they never would have paid Billy even close to what he was worth. Billy was smart to get out as early as he did. You're right. Yeah, I agree. But I just said, I can't believe I just said. As far as I know, Billy was gone because of a money issue over at K-Rock. I think they should have paid him anything he wanted to stay. I know they used him as a utility player. They used him on the rest of the station, which I was never thrilled about. I was selfishly trying to keep Billy for myself. No but kidding. Billy had to make a living. So Billy was with us a couple of days a week and Billy was. He had to make a living. We couldn't afford to pay him. We wouldn't pay him. <laughs> so you want to know what would have happened if you would have lessened your salary, Howard, and said, listen, take this amount of money out of the budget for K-Rock and mm -hmm. put it into Billy's pocket, then you could mm. have paid him to keep him for yep. your show solely. You cheap piece of shit. Yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, you know, used on a lot of commercials and, you know, I think a guy like that, so valuable, you do anything you can to keep him in radio. This is some fucking, uh, this is some asshole <sighs> bitching about, this is some asshole bitching about his muffler, but not getting it fixed. It's making all this it's noise and yeah. It's it's both sides. So he's saying he's talking out of both sides of his ass right now. So yeah. he's saying I I would have done anything to keep him, but you didn't because you couldn't lessen your own purse pockets, even though you're living life fine. You didn't need all those millions of dollars. You could have paid him out of your own pocket, knowing that the radio station is cheap, knowing Robin's in way overpaid, under talented, useless Completely. cunt. So yep. 
let's say you give him the money that he deserves out of your own pocket for the radio station, solve that problem, fine. Yeah. You're also saying, oh, it's the radio station. It's they, they don't, they, you're talking out of both sides of your ass. And think about this, Sam, it wouldn't have even had to come out of his own pocket. He could have literally said to the sponsors, Billy's going to do this and he's going to get the income. So he could have let the sponsors pay Billy the money he was looking for. And they could have guaranteed him that kind of work regularly. And, and it wouldn't have cost Wiggy a cent except for, you know, prospective dollars. Right. Because advertising was, they were garnering more advertising because they were getting more popular because Billy was making the show more popular. That's right. You were getting more ad revenue for stations based on Billy's performances. That alone, if you think of it in the way, let's say, social media now, you're Mm -hmm. getting more clicks. You're getting more this. Billy alone should have gotten paid more based on his draw for ads, Mm -hmm. based on listeners. You You should have looked at the fact of when Billy started and how many more listeners you got from the time he started. Mm-hmm. seen how many more it was and paid him on that basis. The fact you didn't, that's your fault entirely. Howard's yeah. fault alone. Yes, it is. If the blame falls on him. And the thing is you like, he basically the show was on fumes thereafter. And it was sort of like, it was enough to kind of keep the car rolling. But then finally you get to, you know, late serious, mid serious, and all of a sudden it, the, it's definitely trending downward. There's just no two ways about it. Anybody wants to think differently, just think of how much more dead air there was and just sort of stupid bullshit clips and, and, and crappy interviews. Anyway, uh, I digress and it just, we'll let's this, we'll let this play out. Cause we got a lot to get through. Radio needs talent like Billy's. But, uh, you know, he went on to, I suppose, greener pastures. I he suppose. went out to California. I never heard from him since, so I imagine he's making a very good living out there. Scott Salem. I think he was the first to actually leave the show because of salary dispute. I mean, everybody's had salary disputes with their bosses. You always want more money, obviously. And I guess that he really felt that he was underpaid by a lot and felt that he could do better going out doing these voices. I mean, he was doing cartoons at this point. He was... Yes, he was. And he was in very much in demand. And that's, that was the basis of leaving. He's like, I will go where the industry wants me to. And New York isn't the place, obviously. And actually California would have been a way better place for voice work in general anyway. Yeah. Like I said, across the board. Yeah. Wealth, the cooperation of capital and labor. And guess Mm -hmm. what? They're going to pony up the capital. If you have really good labor and Billy had the talent in that mm-hmm. labor. So they're yep. going to fucking pay. Yeah. They're going to want you because you're talented. Except that in his case, it was all ego. Ego destroy, destroyed the show. His own stupid ego couldn't allow for someone else to outshine him. And Jackie's going to make reference to that from a video that we're going to play. Working for Nickelodeon, doing Doug and doing Ren and Stimpy. And so his, you know, voice over career was starting to really take off. So I guess he felt he can do a lot better moving out to L.A. and doing voice work there, which eventually turned into, he eventually did Space Jam as the voice of Bugs Bunny with Michael Jordan. So it, it looks like it worked out pretty well for him. We love Yeah, you Bill. think? <laughs> Just a bit. <laughs> you know, Michael Jordan, R. Kelly soundtrack, no big deal. Yeah, nothing. And contribute to the show as much as he possibly could, but he had greater ambitions, I suppose, in terms of... <laughs> 
<laughs> such a hater. I voice. suppose, like, as opposed to me with my as... green drink and the vegetation of Robin and right. my 15 foundation uh-huh. that's defunct. And I, my, failed talk show, my failed talk show pilot that never saw the light of day. Hashtag I love. <laughs> you were going somewhere with that. I was waiting. I love Brendan Murphy. <laughs> okay. Movie work and television work, and New York is not the greatest place for a voice person to be if that's what you really want to do. What? And also, there were money issues, I suppose, with the station, and he didn't feel that he was compensated enough or uh, appreciated enough by the radio station. And we really didn't have anything to do with that. He was a radio station employee. Way to tow the fucking company line, Robin. <laughs> I like how Robin acts like she knows what's going on, but she really, Robin always feigned ignorance about yeah. what's not, when people had problems, she always said, I just do my job. I don't I even s- know. I suppose. I suppose. I don't, yeah. I don't know what's even going on. I just come in. See I no evil. I news. I don't know. See no racism, hear no racism. See, see no cheapness, hear no cheapness. Her and Fred were just two fucking fearful fraternal twins, uh, you know, in the studio, just like deathly afraid. And Jackie's right. Had they all gotten together, said we want a collective uh, bargaining agreement and not been with Buckwald and just been someone like independent, you know, with some other agent, he would have he would have just had no choice but to give them what they wanted or at least more money. That's the union that should have been formed. Oh yeah, and they, so and they were just fearful because they had nothing to back up, back themselves up on. Although, if you have any kind of radio history, like a CV, she, Robin could have got paid less going somewhere else, but she would have found a job somewhere. Somebody would have been stupid enough to think, "Well, she was with Stern. I can tap her for something, and then find out you got this useless piece of shit." What should have happened was Artie, Artie, Robin, Fred, when they moved to Sirius, they should have formed something. Yes, I agree. And they would have had him over a barrel because he could not have done oh, the show yeah. without them. Because they couldn't have... have re-signed. They should have, because nope. they had those years. And yep. when they had to re-sign, they would have had, they would have had him over a fucking barrel. They That's made right. major mistakes mm-hmm. yep. being loyal yeah. to him. If you were, if you were already, how much would you have held out for? At least a couple million? He made so many mistakes. I, I, I can't even talk about it. it I'll, I'll fucking explode. You get Ajita. <laughs> yeah. And we got to use him on the show. So we understood when he had to go. We were sorry to see him leave, but uh, we understood. And, you know, he's, I suppose, happier doing what he's doing. After I left the Stern show, I. You think? I, I'm being honest, totally honest. I didn't look back. It's not, it didn't, like, kill me to leave. I knew that I had to pursue a future. And I had to walk alone like anybody else who has a goal and has to get there without the help of anybody or. Okay, we're going to continue. Keep going, Billy. We love you. You have to do it by yourself. But I heard a few things where I said, God, you know, I mean, I know exactly the look I would have gotten from Howard. And it would be like this invisible cue to just go nuts. And, you know, I missed that stuff. I did because there was no rules. It was very free. And I felt like there wasn't anything you couldn't do. I mean, creatively, it's a beautiful feeling and it's very rare to feel that free. I'm just telling you. It's like- so he, he, what's your take on how, what he's saying so far? Like basically he, he's, he's looking, he's, there's fond memories, but it's still overshadowed by the departure. 
So he's being honest in the sense of that creative environment, which I yeah. think Howard did create that mm -hmm. that environment, which Billy, we saw him thrive in. That's yes. why we loved him. That's mm -hmm. honest. And Billy's yes. not a dishonest person. So right. of course I believe that. Mm -hmm. That's why we loved him. Yeah. Right? It's so who does so by the way, who doesn't yep. love that? But How loving <laughs> loving loving a that's the part that keeps you somewhere. When you are yeah. comfortable and you love something so much and the nostalgia of it, yeah. that's what ties you to something. But when yeah. you know that you're being manipulated because that person knows you love something so much and you're being mistreated, yep. that's when you're abused. Yes. That's when you're abused. When somebody knows that you love that environment, mm -hmm. but you're being mistreated, that's when you're fucked over. And Howard oh, yeah. knew he fucking loved that creative freedom. And he knew he was fucking shining on there. And he knew that his ability was shining on there. Mm -hmm. And he knew that he loved that freedom. And so yeah. he took that and made something wonderful, awful for yeah. him. Yeah. He just, he couldn't let go. He couldn't let go of his own head and he, that fucking wig of his, and he decided, okay, I'm going to sabotage my own show and I'm so going to railroad this guy. So it's not Billy who canceled the Stern show part of him. It's Howard mm -hmm. because he would have kept doing it if he would have given him the correct financial agreement and the yeah. correct financial, you know, Remuneration. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So what yeah. he deserved. Yeah. At least not if necessarily a cut of the show. But yeah. Something at least a comfortable fucking living. Yeah. Listen, I'm happy to creatively keep doing this with you, but you need to pay me for what we're doing here. Mm hmm. Yep. Answer to the man. You know, you're always going to be working for the man no matter what you do. I just don't have one particular man that I work for. Clip number three, guys. Callers ask about Billy, but hey, fuck him. But we wish him well. Sound familiar? Hey, Howard. Yes. Hey, what's the story oh, with Billy? Oh. oh, what happened? Billy. There we go. Billy who? <laughs> 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 Thanks. No, there's no story with Billy. <laughs> what's the story with Billy? Uh, Baltimore, you're on the air. Is Billy no longer on the show? Um, <laughs> Real callers getting in, asking him the question he doesn't want to answer. <laughs> I love it. Billy who? Yeah. Billy yeah, who? Were, this is, this is the foray into the, by the way, if they were trying to prepare for like a setup call yeah. to denounce somebody, they would, mm -hmm. of course, purposely do this so they could trash it. But real callers like this you can't you can't deny so when what's the story with billy you would never get that through <laughs> well that's the thing so like he started to do more fake calling later on like especially when casey joined and all, all of a sudden these like the suicide jumper we prevented that was i mean that was earlier i think but um it be just became more obvious that there were certain <laughs> callers that were geared like designed like they said you call in now and I mean, didn't Hansi out them? Didn't Hansi out uh, Bowie is emailing him, say, hey, you can call in now. Yes. Yeah, like, you're, this is your and time to call in. <laughs> yeah, he basically, you know, back before Project Veritas, he Project Veritas them. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> and he, and he, you know, released the real, he released the real thing on YouTube. Hansi's the original Project Veritas for the story. Gotta, gotta love, gotta <laughs> and, love Hansi. <laughs> 
And it's so funny, too, because imagine now if somebody called in and was just like, hey, I just listened to that Bella Thorne interview. What's the story with what the hell the fuck that was? (laughs) Some kind of fruit. (laughs) What the fuck was that train wreck? Yeah, for the Tila Tequila one. Jesus Christ. I'm not sure. It doesn't look like he's here today. <laughs> he's not here today. Oh. Okay, thanks. That the pause and I don't know and I can't tell you, I'm not sure, that shows you he's clearly uncomfortable. He's and he's or pissed or uncomfortable, but either way, same effect. When does he ever not know something in regards to his show? Yeah. <laughs> he loves not knowing. I thought. Say, hey, where's Billy? What happened to Billy? Why isn't Billy here? He just didn't go there, you know, because there's nothing anybody could do. Exactly what happened. I still have no idea. I'm sorry. He said, you just don't go there. You didn't go there. Why? Because it was going to piss off the boss. That's what he's not saying. Well, how weird is that? The fact that everybody knew the edicts about the show and yep. what had to happen, how to please the boss, what mm-hmm. had to happen at certain times, what temperature your potatoes had to come at, at yep. what time, you know, what, mm-hmm. how you're curling iron, you know, if it had to be one fourth inch rolled and, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what, what I'm size saying, curlers to bring in, <laughs> what tech vest you were wearing that day. But yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying it's so bizarre that he knew every facet about his show down to the letter, except right. for when he didn't know. Mm-hmm. And then he didn't inform anybody else on the show either. Yeah. Shitty liar. Just a, just a weird liar. Yeah. They didn't come to terms and he just wasn't there. But it was weird. And I, and I don't think it was addressed on the show. Like, oh, you may notice Billy's not here. I don't think, you know. <laughs> Where's Billy? I've had that. The fan reaction was, they were crying. They were like, where's Jackie Puppet? Where's Larry Fine? You know, where's all these characters? It was just, people were pissed and they wanted him back. Anytime you add someone to... Uh, imagine having a hit show and then all of a sudden the main character, one of the main characters just isn't on and you think you're going to get away with it. Yeah, like Charlie Sheen and Two and a Half Men and they bring in fucking Ashton, Ashton Cunter. And uh, it limps along yeah. for a couple seasons, you know, but that's the same, you know, you know, it's like for like. Yeah. Yeah. We notice Jennifer is not the same in Back to the Future, too. And or even like, let's see, let's use Charlie Sheen again in another fucking train wreck, uh, uh, like uh, the Spin City when they got ruined. Michael J. Fox had to step down from the show because of his um, his uh, disability. And then they brought him in. Like, I, I guess a lot of shows, it's like Howard, the this the um, the. The, the similarity, the similarity is like we, yeah, the similarity is very simple. Like it has enough momentum. The show has enough momentum to seem as though it's plugging along successfully, but it's just vapors. Like there's just no gas left in the tank. Yeah. We know the mom is different in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Why aren't you telling us that? We well, notice. Well, <laughs> or it's, well, it's not, it's not exactly the same. Like, um, you know, when soap operas would age a kid suddenly and they become a, like a teen character or they become like a, an adult because they needed to make that storyline. So the kid's seven, there's a, it's, I can't remember what it's called, but there's a terminology for it. So the kid's like seven and all of a sudden they're 18. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, they do it like in Matilda when Matilda in the story, they, right. you know, they age her from like a infant to a seven year old in like, right. you know, f- five minutes. Right. <laughs> so that works. 
But with this, it's like, okay, it's a clear, uh, you lost the axle in your fucking car and you're still driving it as though nothing's wrong. It's just so bizarre. But then the bizarre part, okay, I understand if you don't want to tell the audience in some facet, okay, Mm -hmm. fine. But not to tell the people on the show. That's the weirder part. It's Mm -hmm. not even the fact that, okay, let's even set aside the audience part. Why the hell aren't you telling your employees what's going on? <laughs> well, <laughs> what the, the fuck is that? And you want to know why he's not telling them? Because mm-hmm. they would collectively bargain with Billy. Mm-hmm. Jackie would side with Billy. Oh, totally. And, and he he kind of uttered it himself. It was every man for himself, unfortunately. And yeah, and this is what happens. That group in the room, it changes the dynamics of the show. And of course, if they decide to leave, then that gap they leave once they've been a part of things has to be filled in. Former intern, Gay Rich. Everybody was curious why Billy left and what happened. And they would call constantly to, you know, voice their opinion. It was 50 50. People missed him, people didn't. Honestly. <laughs> okay, well. It's still, it's still, it's a lot of people. <laughs> I don't believe it was 50, 50. I believe I don't it was think so 50% Howard told people here, uh, do this mm-hmm. or people put them up to calling just like the way people put them up to standing in line for private parts. Like my friends who were paid to stand in line. <laughs> yeah. It's well, it's possible. I mean, ultimately it, what, what would be more galling? Um, you know, Lou, you know, you, you, um, I don't know, you, you've got this big show and you're the head of the show and all of a sudden people are going, where is this person? And if you can't be forthright, why isn't the reason told? Because there's either controversy involved and you're trying to keep that under wraps or you're afraid of you looking like shit as a result of it. And you know that that's the real truth. I mean, Howard, Howard, you know, he wants the show to be as good as it is and he's going to blame everything on management. Like I'm your boss, except when it comes to your salary, you got to go to management, right? And I'm the one who's responsible for your getting employment, but not for you getting enough money. Fuck off. I think the talent was just so obscenely good and you just can't deny that the flow, you can't just say, oh, the flow just wasn't there. It was so there. Even Artie said, you guys, it was the, it was magic. It was amazing. Really, really amazing. And obviously a bit dated because of the references, but obviously what else? What, who, who, anybody's going to be dated because you're talking about current political people at the time. Yeah. It, date, dated fine, but it was, it was also the, uh, like I said, Billy was showing and shining a light on people who were racist or who were so mm-hmm. backwards thinking yes. by being so in your face racist or so in your face out of control yeah. being those characters holding a mirror up how, to it. holding a mirror up to it and saying yeah these are who these people are mm-hmm. how do you like it yeah the show went on and it moved forward and whenever there was a change the fans got frustrated in the beginning but then it always worked out for the best or evolved or, you know, for the better. He's really, really a talented guy. But it was the Howard Stern Show and is the Howard Stern Show. And the only person who's irreplaceable is Howard. And the- <laughs> Fuck you, corporate, corporate speak. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like a weird, like, yoga cult? Like, it is the Howard Stern Show. It's the Howard yep. Stern Show. Only right. Howard Stern. He, but not it's only, the Howard not- Stern Show. 
not only that, the way Tom's spinning it, first of all, uh, like, you know, he's the one that's irreplaceable, not wanting to say Howard should have gone to bat for him if he really wanted him on the show, A. B, he's implying that because it's the Howard Stern show, he left. Like, because Howard was the boss, Howard had a hand in it. He's just subtly saying that. You know, he's subtly saying, you know, Howard wanted it this way. He decided to, to let this go this way. He's the boss. Yeah, but it also sounds like too like cult speak. It sounds like Maharishi stern speak. (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, it's like, okay, let's look at someone like George Martin who produced the Beatles, right? What did he do after the Beatles? Nothing. So was he really (laughs) responsible or was he just the guy twiddling the fucking engineering knobs? People who came and left discovered that over the years that as long as it's his name on the door, you know, and his voice on the air and he's kind of holding the baton, conducting the chorus, the chorus can change. But as long as the conductor doesn't, it's going to be a very successful show. <laughs> hey, whatever happened uh, with Billy? Why are you so quiet about that? I'm not quiet. You know, everyone keeps saying I'm quiet about Billy. Billy's in California. What do you want from me? I, you... Billy walked out and went to... <laughs> I love that. See that how much angry he's got? <laughs> what as do you want from as me? The, as, as long as the conductor is conducting, conducting the show, the show will be successful. Well, I yeah. guess that's a failed theory. Completely. Yeah, I so, mean, it took it took longer to illustrate that, but it was obvious right away, and then it became more and more obvious the years that passed. Yeah, like was yeah. it funny? But was it funny before Billy? I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was at some at certain points, but it became so good with him, and then afterwards, it was still good. I mean, there was still, but it, it was definitely going down because he was. The divorce shit, I don't want to get into it for, because it's uh, sort of into jump the shark territory again. We've already covered that. But I don't think anybody who is a fan could think of post-97 and post-95 Billy definitely as the, you know, the the the, the point where it started going downhill. Still high, did, like still on a mountain, but going down, clearly angling down. I just wonder how much... How much was his, how much was it Howard's thought or Tim's thought in creating what was definitely the next level of creativity for what was the next jumping point for the Stern show, which we loved that serious you, era. You, you mean the, uh, the you know, like back office radio and yeah, all that, that stuff. new, yeah. the new stuff that already, I'd say, I'd say it was Tim. I'd say it was Tim looking for any angle he could to make it entertaining, knowing that the host isn't going to do any of the work, first of all. And second of all, he has a limited budget. So this is why you get Riley getting fucking 500 a month for all these shows. And, you know, if that, and then begging for money all the time, because he's clearly underpaid and then other people being offered bullshit. You ever hear the Adam Carolla um, explanation of serious trying to gauge his interest and telling them like, fuck off. You're not even giving me a number. And you're offering me bullshit. So that's probably how it all worked for everybody. This is the, uh, it's just interesting. He says, you know, the conductor and the way Tim phrases this is also not not Tim, Tom. I'm sorry, Tom, the way Tom phrases this, it's interesting because he says it's so finite, meaning the blame will be on him if it Mm -hmm. fails. Mm hmm. So like the, like the, he's the, so if it's the, yeah, you're right. It's a double-edged sword. If the conductor is what makes it Im, like uh, good, 
And if it he sucks, fucked. then it's on him as well. That's right. <laughs> Good. Well, interesting. And interesting way to put it. California. What can I do? He has he has ambitions and goals that he wants to uh, do. And uh, Billy's still our friend. I have no, I'm not being quiet about Billy. Everyone accuses me of being quiet about Billy. <laughs> Billy shows up one day in my office and says, I'm going to California. I said, okay, what do you want from me? <laughs> this guy's look. one dog's going the other way and the other dog's going the other way. And this guy's looking at me like, what do you want from me? <laughs> That's how it went. Billy just said, I'm going to California. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, you're just, uh, Humana, humana, humana. No, I mean, I, I've explained this 37 times. Okay, I didn't know there was <laughs> yeah. something like that. It's funny. It is funny. It's just, it's so asinine, this explanation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he just said, I'm going to California, and what do you want from me? That's right, he just didn't show up for work one day. No scandal. Watch, okay. watch me conduct. Zero. Okay, All right, thanks. take care, dude. Bye. Everyone's, everyone's looking for conspiracy with me. Okay, this last one's more passive-aggressive fuckery. I was really sad when Billy's run on the show ended. I'm not even sure how it ended. I've heard over the years that Billy was mad. I don't know if he was angry with me. or I know for my part, I was only interested in keeping Billy around. Lie. He just was sure how it ended. He came into show one day and just said he wanted to go to California. Bye. Bingo. We should have a buzzer. Uh, Billy was great. Super talent. And uh, I think uh, he's always going to be missed. I wish Billy would still do the show. I don't know. He seems not to want to do it. When he does that, uh, uh, that pausing, that's him trying to do the human impersonation of like, I got to compliment this guy just enough to make it seem as though I don't hate his fucking guts and I'm not jealous of him and, and fucking angry that he left me because uh, he wouldn't work for nothing. <laughs> you always do a great job of understanding when he does the uh thing and really understanding what he means by that well, and when you say that i also notice he always says sad and yeah. who says i was really sad by this but never sounds sad at all no right, that's <laughs> I right mean, <laughs> i mean when somebody says i'm sad about something i don't ever say i'm sad about something and sound not sad in the slightest <laughs> it reminds i've never sound someone sound less sad it reminds me of pedro armandara's on the in the bond film from russia with love when his mistress is in the parlor with him and she's trying to get him to you know get some action going he, she goes you are not thrilled to see me sherry and he goes overjoyed yeah. <laughs> and he's clearly annoyed as shit same kind of you know yeah you're right it's a good observation yeah. on your part he he it's like uh i say you know uh ed bradley going you know, you're, you, you, you got emotional, you know, when you, you mentioned about your staff and how you were kind of, uh, you know, distant from them. He goes, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I do, I do, I do. You can see him like pulling out nose, like cilia trying to fake tears or whatever. Yes. It's just, cr- I, I was very sad about Billy leaving. Um, <laughs> it hit me like a ton of bricks. <laughs> uh, sad about my divorce. I'm, is anybody welling up? You know, it's funny when he went, when he went and announced the separation with Allison. It sounded like the saddest thing he was thing he was most sad about was how much money he was going to lose in the divorce, and that's about it because that's all he had to bitching about in the end. Oh my god! Yeah, you could just hear the crying mm. from your pocketbook. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my wallet was tearing up. Maybe I should pick up the phone and call him and ask him why. I might even have 
I don't know. Did I ever try to contact Billy or what? I, when oh, when, yeah, you don't know. When Howard cries, bank statements fall from his eyes. I always felt like I was bothering the guy. Maybe that's my stupid personality. I probably should pick up the phone and call him, but we've invited him on many times. I love how he doesn't know. I, I don't know. Did I contact him? Do, did I talk to him? I, I'm Always not sure. Him. I'm not. Re- I really don't know. It's. I'm. I'm not sure. But you know what? I do know. I haven't talked to Doctor Lou in 20 years, and he emailed me, and I didn't help him. <laughs> 20 years. I love that clip. <laughs> and I would love to have Billy be part of the show. If Billy came to us today and said, "Hey, you mind if I do a day or two a week?" I would be thrilled. I don't know for if we free. can afford to have... Yeah, yeah, for free, exactly. That was that was not lost on me either. <laughs> Billy West back on this show because, uh, A, his, uh, his, I'm sure his costs are way too high. You know, he certainly has enough FU money from the, <laughs> from the Ren and Stimpy <laughs> stuff. And... <laughs> Fred, nailing the cheap coffin shot. <laughs> oh, Fred. So when you did... Uh, what, was that, what was that one movie he did... Uh, Oh, it's such a cult classic uh, with Sarah Michelle Gellar and Ryan. Uh, oh, Philippi. Cruel Intentions. Cruel Intentions. He got that. Fred, you didn't get enough fuck you money from that. <laughs> <laughs> from SVU, <laughs> playing a pot dealer. <laughs> the tons of other things that he has done. From what I understand, uh, he's probably doing quite well financially. And he basically doesn't need us. You know, Unless he wanted to just kind of come in and hang out or something like that. I think Billy has kind of like moved on to his realm, the world of Billy West, and God bless him. I would love. To- Fred sounds so fucking like it sounds like he's right up Howard's ass with him as well, and so af- afraid to actually say, "I'm glad he left. It gave more room for me. I was jealous. I was nervous. I was scared, and I was completely com- revealed as a talentless shit when Billy was next to me." Uh, Fred was exposed for how talentless in comparison he was in comparison in comparison so, yeah yeah so fred definitely then latched on to well my talent is going to be my loyalty yes. my loyalty is going to gold star my ass all the way to the top watch and, me yep. shine yep and then now and the, the result is you never watch hear from me him. repress anger throughout my shininess <laughs> exactly to see Billy come back as a guest. I've tried for years and years and years to get him to come back as a guest and um, I've never been able to figure out why he won't come back and I sort of left it at, I'm not going to ask anymore. Billy's like well aware that I would love to have him on as a guest. I mean we tried to get him back as a guest a couple times after he left. After Jackie left, we invited him to come and sit back in on the show. I Again, for a tryout or something? I'm not quite sure if he was meant to be one of the illustrious, you know, win Jackie's job hunt contestants. I'm sorry, Fred, are you slitting your wrists under the desk? (laughs) (laughs) Tried to get him to come in for the last days of the show. I tried to get him to come in for some of the roasts. And I was just sort of like, you know what, man, when he's ready to come back, I'll come back. Scott, the engineer. I would love to see Billy come back and do some of the the voices that he used to do on the show. But for some reason, he harbored some anger towards the show that I never could understand. I knew he had a salary dispute. But, so they're all dancing around this anger. Like, I don't know why he left. Now I think he's angry. Which is it? And it's because, I'm sure, because Billy didn't tell. He t- Billy might have told some people and it kind of got around. So it was a bad, like, version of the telephone game. But clearly they know, somebody knows something that he really was pissed off about how he was fucking treated by the show. 
well, we can all do the dance around game and go on obsolete shithole podcasts and not really tell what's going on mm-hmm. when we decide to leave. So yeah, that's yeah. that's an option too. Yeah. You know, when when he was asked to come back and make a phone call or say hello, he resisted. He didn't want to do it. He he just, I don't know what the reason was. I don't know why. <laughs> the reason is he wouldn't get paid to appear, and no one wants to do it. You do the fucking Letterman show, you're at least going to get union scale. <laughs> you go on Stern, you get nothing. <laughs> bagel? <laughs> Water? <laughs> Couldn't I get a $15 bagel? The hostility Poland, and the anger. Poland was... Spring? Exactly. Please? great guy to work with and and you know i was surprised that he would never want to come back and and do anything with the show <laughs> i was surprised. surprised are you still surprised scott <laughs> he was he was literally coffee lip sweating yeah yeah and we'd love to have him back i mean he, he's phenomenal and you know just you know being able to sit in the studio and watch him just was great a billy reunion oh man i could see it tomorrow if billy walked in tomorrow i bet you we'd pick up right where we left off i would love to have billy on the show again you couldn't sound more dispassionate <laughs> when his kid was born he probably sounded the exact same yeah i'm a father Ah, oh, the virtue <laughs> cliche signaling sounds so sincere. Yeah, totally. Sounds I'd love like, to ha- sounds like, I'd love sounds to like a NATO on. summit. Keep going. <laughs> I'd, lo- I'd love to have him on. <laughs> you got God, your 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 girlfriend looks really hot. Mm-hmm. I really want to see that. Isn't that more of a like a hindsight dream? It was a great part of my life, but see, I'm telling you the honest God truth, I felt exactly the opposite when I was there. I felt like that I was worthless to the whole thing. And that was facilitated by the way I was being treated by management. I felt totally fucking useless. You know, I'd walk out of there after I blew the doors out of the place and this automaton would walk up to me and just go, hi. Okay, so there you have really the closest you're going to get to the actual truth, even though we get the video of him and Jackie and Stuttering John and we'll play that. But he's he's telling you right there he was ill-treated by the, st- the show. He's going to blame management, but... The blame stops at fucking El Wigo. If you're valued, whether it's, you know, when you're valued, whether you're a child in school or whether you're adult in your career, you know, when you're valued mm-hmm. and when you're not, it's not yes, that you, hard. You know, you know, both, you know, absolutely know when you're being treated like shit and you know, when you're being respected and clearly he was not being, he was being marginalized on some level. And by the way, Fillmore, that goes for your personal hobbies as well. Mm-hmm. And I'd say to myself, you shit fuck, this is the last stop on the bus for you. You know that, don't you? And I knew that my goals were a little beyond. Uh, you know, Billy didn't burn any bridges. Billy was always just a good guy, team player, worked hard, and he had the incredible talent. Some people with that kind of talent would be a major pain in the ass, but not Billy. A lot of fun to hang out with off the air, too. I am very nostalgic for the Billy years. He just said I was inaccessible, but I was fun to hang out with. <laughs> I didn't really know Billy that well. I didn't really, I'm not really that type of guy to have friends. Yeah. I don't really know what a friend is. Friend Did is we... a guy who cleans shit out of his underwear. That's what so, Howard thinks a friend is. Yeah. And, and helps him with this, uh, insert his anal thermometer. This clip is, uh, this clip we're going to play is him on, uh, rebutting Bowie as to why he doesn't respond. I don't know what happened on that I show. I don't know what it stands for. Can I tell you something? 
Many times, Gary, I would talk to him here and there. Once in a blue moon, he'd say, you know, how come you don't come in? And I'm like, Gary, you know, what am I going to do? I don't even know anybody on the show anymore. I don't know who the newest wacky two guys. That What's the inside other. thing? Yeah, I don't know the rhythms. You know, the show had a particular rhythm when we were on there. And that rhythm, it took a while to build it up. And then all of a sudden, the same people were not there. So I don't know how anything works. And, you know. So there's only a few seconds left, guys. Hold on. I mean, it's just like I, I never look back anyway. <laughs> okay. I never look back anyway. That's what that's the nice way of putting it. Um, then we're going to play real quick, guys. Um, Billy on actually the John Kay episode itself. A lot of people think I left because they brought in uh, John Chris Lucy from Ren and Stimpy, um, who came in there to to uh, sandbag me and bring in a one of his disciples with him and and Howard, you know. That, but that might have been heavy to you, but that was lost on everybody else. I, I don't know, but but you know what it was is that um, oh, that's I didn't do anything wrong. I mean, he got himself fired from his own show. Right, right, and, right. and then he's, now he wants me to treat him like he's my partner. I was a hired gun. So again, Billy uh, explaining exactly what we did in the earlier episode um, and whichever part that you're actually listening to with, with the, which one it was involved where he um he knew it was an ambush and he knew and he's going to claim that you know it didn't bother him but at the same time he's going to turn back on that in one of these clips and just slightly explain how it did bother him so i think he's just trying to be taking the high road again but not able to completely keep that information from us he is he was pissed off at it but again being very diplomatic pragmatic and in the situation where he was at in his career and what mm -hmm. was going on mm -hmm. totally logically doing the thing he should have done in his career yes and in trying to negotiate those waters without getting you know seen as an asshole or you know unbankable or like not professional whatever so he was anything if he was professional above all else yep and he also did the smart thing where he didn't hitch his ride into an abusive situation, abusive with Howard, where he was getting not paid according to his talent and abused mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and also lessening himself and yeah. not being paid accordingly. Also not, uh, you know, with the Ren and Stimpy thing, um, hitching himself to a guy that was clearly flagrantly pissing off executives and oh, yeah. fucking kids and whatever the fuck else was happening with mm -hmm. that guy. Yeah. Being a very smart, smart person with his career, smart, careful, calculated person with his career. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, if he'd stayed and they started getting into the swearing aspect of the show and the profanity and getting into the Columbine stuff, he really did avoid getting hurt by any of the blowback because as a voiceover guy, if your voice is on something like talking about some, I don't know, really sexual thing, maybe you don't get the job with like a puritanical producer or, uh, you know, some film, some exec who says he's not right for it because he was on the Howard Stern show, that fucking filth merchant. So we can't have the voice of this guy who said such awful stuff also be a kid's programming, you know, voice actor. So you're right. He had a window of where yeah. it was raunchy, acceptable for such a period of time. That's right. Where it was known to some people to grab the attention of the people that it had to, to leverage him to other platforms. That's right. That, you know, 
let him go to other avenues and make more money and mm-hmm. open more doors. And yep. then he went for it and left, yes. which he should have, because if he would have stayed, that could have, you know, Backfired. mocked up other yep. opportunities. Completely. Like already when he said he lost a seven 11 gig that was worth three quarters of a million dollars because he told a heroin story on the air. He said he, that week he decided to tell this story and he lost the gig and it would have been like a national ad for seven 11. And that was money right out of his fucking pocket. Did Howard make up for that? No. Wouldn't it? Would he, would he have been expected to? No, of course not. But just illustrates the point of you say too much on that show and who knows what sticks to you as a result, even by association. You know, even if it's not you saying it, you could get, they could hurt you in other ways. So, you know what it's like? It's like somebody hires you for a part. You go in there, you don't like fasten yourself to someone else. And then when they have problems, that they're your problems. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's yeah. So work for hire. So, um, they brought him in and they, and I had just come back from burying my brother. My brother died. Oh, sure. So I was in Boston at his funeral and they sent me a wreath from the show. And what is this? Deaths are us. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Toys R Us went out of business. <laughs> Somebody's got to move into those buildings. Okay, I got some more black crepe. So, all right, I didn't mean to slay you. Keep going. No, and um, so I came back, and I was all beat up. And then, well, who do I see in the bathroom? This asshole, John Chris Lucy. You know, and I go, uh, how the hell are you? You know, and he goes, good, how the hell are you? And he, and he came in there to, like, start all kinds of ruckus with me. But I just sat there. And I was I was sad, not that he came in. I was still sad about my brother. Um, so he makes his way into my territory. So the other thing I noticed about this video, how amazing is it that you got two like recovering alcoholics and John decides it's okay to drink a beer. Now, some guys are okay with that, but I just found it was kind of typical John, poor taste to be drinking in front of two ex, you know, Alkies. I would never do that, just out of respect. Well, I just find John completely talentless and... yeah. You know, <laughs> who's the part that doesn't who doesn't belong at this table right here? Which one of these things is not like the other? <laughs> exactly. And, uh, you know, it just was so strange because they wanted to gang up on me. I mean, Howard had his dad call in. He yeah, probably yeah. prepped him, you know, and it's like and I, see, a- I don't remember clear. Did, did you think it was like a Pat Cooper situation? Did he bring him on? To stir the pot with you, or was oh, yeah. I? I auditioned for um, the show Ren and Stimpy. It was going to be kind of groundbreaking. You know, yeah. it kind of looked abstract, like beatnik stuff. You know, and uh, I originally auditioned for both voices, and that. Okay, so this is, again, guys, the truth is coming out. And at no point here do you get the sense that he's lying about anything. That's the one thing you have to give Billy credit for. If he is a bullshit artist, he's a very talented one. Well, that's the sense you get with. I think anybody who does this sort of medium, you can Mm -hmm. kind of tell people who are liars. You get old enough, you start to learn the tells, you start doing research and you can kind of hear bullshit when you, you know, bullshit when you hear it. And some people are just really bad at, you know, keeping that uh, close to the vest. Billy's, I don't get any sense of bullshit from him. That's what's all the show. Oh, sorry. Can you, I also get the sense of like, you can tell people who live, disingenuous lives mm-hmm. yeah i just and, unhappy disingenuous lives mm-hmm. that kind of project or i don't know they just you can tell in this medium especially mm-hmm. 
Well, I give credit to Royce. He filmed this beautifully. The mic, this the audio was not very good. I had to boost it up a little bit, but uh, the way they filmed this was almost perfect. Uh, and the way it was edited was actually pretty good too. I just wonder how much was on the cutting room floor. Cause I would have loved some of the more salacious shit as it was. It was pretty tame. Anybody wanting to watch the whole thing. It was, it was decent. It was a good enough watch, but I like the whole setup. I, I yeah. like the raw, um, sit down kitchen table mm-hmm. look of it. Mm-hmm. And Jackie, when I messaged him about it, he said he was kind of pissed off that John like left it, had nothing but vitriol, but that he enjoyed it so much and it was good talking to Billy about it. And uh, he he really had fun uh, telling the old stories and stuff. But um, but that that was the one kind of knock that John wanted to make it negative. But to be honest, thank God Stuttering John thought it was the only one there to be willing to talk about it a little more because it would have just been a, you know, let's rehash the good old times. And people at this point in time, if they knew the whole story, they wouldn't be asking for the negative shit because they'd know but because they don't know we want to hear this stuff we want to hear the good stuff we definitely want to hear the whole story and sometimes well, you need a, a guy like that to crowbar it in well john and uh jackie both have this tendency to skip record play in their brain yep. where they keep playing that same tune yes and john once in a while will plow through and mm-hmm. you will break through to some yep. new ground. Yep. Jackie rarely. Yeah, but yeah, you have to mine heavy, heavy in both cases. This John Chris Lucy who created the show went over to Nickelodeon, and uh, we were in the hallway. You know, like Kurt Loder did his news over here. This was the old MTV <laughs> building, and uh, he said, "All right," and we recorded this whole demo in a closet. It was like right out of Central Casting. There's a broom and a, and a pail, you know, and we're like, "I'm reading the script." and he says, all right, I'm going in there. And he goes and meets with the women from Nickelodeon. He comes out, congratulations, what you just did sold the show. Wow. And I said, great. What you did just sold the show. And you, we heard John K. doing that awful shit George Licker voice. It Does it, does it surprise anyone? <laughs> Another egomaniac, fuck this. Sin development. Yeah. That he was going to do the Ren character. And I didn't give... A shit because I had a job. You know, yeah, anybody that gives me a job is a hero to me. But um, but eventually um, he got himself fired from the show. Um, and there were all kinds of problems and, and stuff that was going on that nobody knew about. But um, so they went and they looked at the old audition tapes. They said, who was going to do this anyway? It was like Billy was going to do it. So they auditioned everybody. And so he's going to. Yeah. Basically, they restarted from scratch. It was like a reset button. And everybody's re-auditioning, and we know we're going through the formalities of it, but we kind of know he can do it. But we have to, maybe for union rules, we have to make this an open call. Well, exactly. Wouldn't what if you get hired for something? I don't care who interviews you. Once you mm-hmm. have the job, if you're good at your job, let's say you decide that there's an opening, or you see yourself leveraging a position. Mm-hmm. to climb higher to get in a bigger salary for something why wouldn't you go for it i mean i i'm not really like why wouldn't you just keep doing your job and going better and if somebody's not doing their job and doing better how is that your problem 
Well, exactly. And the other thing is, if you just keep your nose to the grindstone, a lot of times people don't get recognized and rewarded. But in this case, he did because he kept his nose clean. He said, look, I'm going to be professional, like like feet forward, everything like just be make it about the work and let that shine. And you'll you'll just look all the better as a result. And you'll get shitloads of work. You'll get people telling other people we use him. Why don't you use him here? Here's his card. I just don't understand. Oh, it just must be really hard to stick to a schedule. <laughs> Is that to be cut out as well? Down, you know, protocol. They, Mark Hamill told me they auditioned him. Uh, you know, but anyway, there I was, and I wind up getting both voices again. So um, he uh, was an early interneter, and he whipped up this frenzy, you know, it was like these posters that would come and attack me all the time and they were oh, like really? disciples what? that would fly into the sun for oh, the well, guy. Like just mad that it's not mad that, that, that you stole his gig that i thing? stole everything and that i was like a, a backstabber and all this probably if you could look on google groups in the old like or in the usenet cert you could probably see all kinds of shit i believe him on this because i remember what it was like uh, I, I ruined a Yanni chat room actually one time when I was in the early internet days. <laughs> <laughs> they shut it down after I was done because I, I made like I was somebody who had lost his wife and uh, like we were Yanni fans and you know that's one thing that kept us together. And then I had my friend join and say you're full of shit I don't believe you and then I said oh how can you make fun of my pain and then I just we both dropped the balls like we both said bomb and said like we're all full, you were all we're both full of shit we just strung you guys along. And th that was my only, my first foray to evil on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> confession. Yeah, <laughs> it was fun. I, I, did it as an, I did it as an experiment because I was fascinated with all these people like waxing poetic about, you know, dare to dream and shit. Anyway, I know I like Yanni's music. A lot of it is actually pretty good. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. I just didn't like the forums. This stuff, but... <laughs> his own self-destruct button and anybody who's ever worked with him will tell you that and uh, so when they brought him into the show i was just like how uh, aware was howard of any of this or all of this um he knew i was still working on the show no he, the whole reason they brought you him in was to make you uncomfortable to, to f with me yeah i yeah. mean that's that was come on that's what no i know I, i'm sure that's i'm sure no, was, I, but i don't remember another jack and this is when i what i fucking hate can't stand about jackie he can't mm. just sit and say yeah they clearly were fucking with you he's not in the room what are you scared of <laughs> exactly i wouldn't i wouldn't play along i like i no. said i i just there was no grace to be gained by uh, fighting with anybody and, and silence was kryptonite to Howard. You know, yeah, no I know, but were you upset with Howard like, because of it? No. no. See, what I meant is I thought maybe the guy was coming on to promote something. He was. And maybe they shouldn't have let him on in deference to Billy. Oh, no, no, they, no. I mean, they know, wouldn't do that. No, no, they needed to do that because that's a bona fide uh, tax, you know, runs, right. tactic. <laughs> he was in to promote something that was not yet greenlit. <laughs> The bona fide tactic, and he was saying silence was kryptonite to Howard. So he yeah. played that so perfectly. So perfectly. He mm -hmm. knew, oh, you're going to fuck with me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to gray rock the fuck out of this bit. Mm -hmm. I don't care if I sit here and silently sweat. I will watch you flop around mm -hmm. like a goldfish. I don't right. give mm -hmm. a shit. You I'm can look help like the two-faced, maniacal, crazy-eyed, lunatic, wig-wearing uh -huh. piece of fucking shit that you are. 
yep. I don't care. Yeah, Enjoy. I'll, just expose you, I'll just expose you and there'll be no editing this. You don't, there's no way to edit this to make you look good, Stern. And not only that, but in exposing Stern, he also exposed this is how little John K has going for him yep. and how little John K had prepared. Mm-hmm. Howard's father tried to act like, you know, you stick with these guys, you know, and it's like they weren't even union. So he's sticking up for non-union people, which is totally against his, uh, you know, so why would Howard's. Yeah, I'm brilliant. I said that. I said that. I'm like, this, yep. that's exactly. I, I was like, he didn't form a union. He had no organizational skills with it. And Billy could sense that there was no organization behind it. That's right. So when Ben Stern called in, like, and this is the this is the second part, right? So I'm not brilliant, by the way. <laughs> You're ingenious, incomparable. Uh, I'm not. I'm not brilliant whatsoever. I'm a fucking moron. But in this in this one rare gem. I did get this right. <laughs> well, yeah. And so, I mean, and Billy being a diehard union guy, he, he, if he was just being kind. He could have told Ben Stern, like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So he should have he, and like, and, and Ben would have actually accepted. Oh, well, then I'm mistaken. I apologize. But Howard wouldn't want that. And he would definitely like shout him down saying, oh, never mind about that. But fuck the truth. We don't need that here. Father of called then just because he just was the radio guy, or did Howard? Oh, no, he probably told him call in and. Well, he, he well he well Howard's dad produced um, Tennessee Tuxedo. Yeah, a lot of stuff. You, you, you know, <laughs> that day kind of thing. Oh my god! <laughs> he became Maxwell Smart. You know who's brilliant, John? <laughs> <laughs> Where's his show? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just sort of cheap but i couldn't get my shoe off <laughs> <laughs> no but but no Tennessee but tuxedo right yeah was that your last so that was it for you no no head? no after he left i was i was really upset that that happened see there but, you go he originally originally said that didn't bother me i was saying i'm upset that that happened so god love you billy but you know it's it's okay to say you were fucking pissed off at this i don't know i still don't know why he has to feel he has to take the high road now after all these years I like that he takes the high road. And I think yeah. it's funny that Stern still, you know, flops around like an idiot and pretends he doesn't know what's happening. He, ah, I have no idea. He yeah. just went to California one day. I don't know what right. a friend is. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll call him in 20 years. What made you leave then? What was the final well, story? Because I was asking for more money and they were dilly dallying around and Tom was nickel and diamond me. And, uh, you know, and I just said, Hey, I'm too old to be a victim. Like, what am I doing begging for money? I'm a full-grown fucking man. Yeah. You know, if you don't yes! pay me or you don't pay me, then okay, I'm oh, gone. So that was that clip. And but, I, but that's the thing that I want to say to you. What? Is because when, after he left, when we were all in the studio. Howard was like, and we were all talking, and Howard goes, fucking Billy leaving. You know, doesn't Billy know the only reason why he gets any voice work is because of his show? Yeah. What the hell is wrong with him? I mean, the only reason people want him is because of, you know, because of me and his show. I know. And, and that's when I said, in my head, I'm sitting there going, you're a fucking megalomaniac. Well, you think every thought the same thing. This guy is the most talented person. voice guy in the uh, fucking world. Of course. Okay, but regardless of kissing Billy's ass, John, I don't, I don't think John's full of shit here. I think he's absolutely telling the truth. He's 100% telling the truth. And... Mm -hmm. There's just no other way to deny Billy's. You can't deny Billy's talent. There's just some things that are so 
that that are so in your face truthful mm -hmm. like what color is the sky two plus two is four yep. billy's talent is un fucking deniable mm -hmm. so to say that stern is the only reason that you're getting this is just a flat out fucking lie Mm -hmm. And he's notice he's not telling John he's full of shit. And I don't believe that. I don't think Howard would ever say that. Neither is Jackie. So Bill, Billy always Billy. The, like I said, Billy always properly assessed his own worth. And that's the mm -hmm. difference between him and Artie. Mm -hmm. Howard is like thinking it's all because of his show. Well, he had the fans were like that, too. He'll be back. He better get his ass back to the Stern show. Yeah. Like, you know, something. You know, if I had taken anybody's career advice from that peanut gallery that was there, you know, he's probably selling oranges on a bag in a corner, you know. That's right. Here he's pumping gas at the fucking New Jersey fucking stopping gas. That's right. Go Billy. Yeah. Go Billy. Yep. I'm I just as blown. I don't know, but you know, you're just, I, I blown just, away by this. I just always wonder... When he says stuff like that, I always wonder if he, if he's just saying that. Or what, sometimes I get worried that he really believes. Oh that. no, Jack, this is you off know. the air. This is not when the. No, no, no. He believes this, no, but he hands. believes you know, it. Trust uh, me. I mean, that's what he would say to me all the time, and and I'm and I'm sure to you too. But I had to laugh because. Yeah. Well, Jackie's an old hippie. He wants everything like peace and love and all that horse shit. And he believes, oh, this person can't be that evil. Like there are evil people in the fucking world, Jackie. I don't know what you want. Like, and I love Jackie. God bless me. He did our show. But on this one, I don't know. I still don't know why he has to maintain this veneer of, you know, uh, political correctness where it comes to his boss that he obviously had fucking money disputes with. I think it just sometimes it's so hard to see the truth, maybe. Mm -hmm. In some in some people like for Artie, it was so hard to see that totally. stern. It still is. Sometimes he still doesn't right. want to see it, and he yeah, you know you builds see... back up. He still builds back up the character, or the hero in his head. It's awful, and you see your idol has feet of clay, and then you you decide that this guy's really a shithead, and you can't. You got to expunge that from your mind, and all of a sudden, that means it means that you spent all these years wasting your time. Well, guess what, guys? We made a podcast about it, but now we're not wasting our time because we're illustrating like a fucking coloring book, paint by numbers, exactly why you should hate the fucking guy. So here we are. He he thought he thought that he was the only one that could find a diamond on the floor and had the good sense to pick it up. You know, maybe yeah. you go anywhere, they're gonna like go. Wait a minute, say that. What did you just say? You know, do that. What was that voice? You can do weather. Do you do any do other other forms of weather? You know, do the wind, and they go. Do you do any other forms of weather? <laughs> no, but now, but, but now you're the voice of Bugs Bunny. You're oh, the I was. Yeah. Fucking, I'm fucking right up in that. It's just amazing. I never. Okay, so. Again, they're being humble. I like his approach generally. I like Billy's approach. And Jackie, I mean, God, Jackie knows behind the scenes. That's the thing that really bothers me because he stayed and he knew what was happening behind the scenes. He could have been very forthright and said Howard could not have been happier that Billy was gone. More fucking attention to him. Well, I think a part of this uh, talk where he says, do you really think this is a part of his own? Mm hmm psychology of not leaving sooner mm -hmm. and not realizing his own self-worth and yeah. it's a part of his own appeasement and whatever and his of, yeah 
and misjudged him because of... he he could he could have made more money earlier if he, they'd all gotten together and figured this out as a collective, as you said. Uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of his own personal psychology. Yeah, that I he's think so. Trying too. to he's trying to pave over. Yeah, because why do I want to think that 15 years of my life I spent having fun knowing that these people were assholes that I was working for? So he's asking for Billy to validate. Do you really think that? Because yeah. it's validating something Jackie needs him to say, no, I don't really think that. But You're right. Yeah. Very, very astute. <laughs> nice. You are a genius. <laughs> Forget what you said. <laughs> Stop working. And he, you know... And he, he's, it's not a comfortable subject for him, and I don't think it ever was. But you, you're just too talented for the room. Absolutely too talented for the room. Because they, he certainly had the fucking money. Oh, and, oh yeah. God, yeah. Sure. And, but, and another thing was, and you, you were not in his control. Yeah, because well, I'm you know what? It's always tempting. Okay, so see, this is Jackie. You could see it pained him. It pained him to say that. You could tell that it was really bothering him to go down even vaguely negative. I mean, am I am I lying from the body language? You watch that perfectly. You watch his eyes change. Looking down. They they become almost more wrinkled and his body becomes more crinkled and uh compact and mm -hmm. he just kind of crawls in and he says too talented and he just kind of says you were too talented and he says this kn knowing knowing when he's saying this that it's painful to say live well i always read that living well is the best revenge, the best revenge right. against anybody because what are they going to say what are you still selling orange on a street corner out in la and it's like go to celebrity net worth look up my name and have a gun for lunch <laughs> god love billy <laughs> i think it i think it really killed jackie what the uh, the fact that billy knew his value and left and decided fuck this and he didn't when like you he, said that, his body language completely said that, and his actual language really resigned to the fact that he did submit, in a way, to acknowledging the fact that, yeah, Howard was that maniacal, and he did have an awareness, and he... It's, it's like some guy coming up to you saying, your wife's been cheating on you for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really, it's, it's, a, it's, it's sad for, yeah. it's sad that Jackie's, it's, he has such a naivety about him, a naivety about him. He just doesn't, yeah. he just, I don't know why he has that about him because he is well, in a business where you shouldn't have that. Like you should well, be very street smart in a sense, you, which you is very to bothersome yeah. to me. And in a sense with a lot of these characters and players in this show, which bothers me because I'm such a rabble rouser, mm -hmm. I don't. I don't enjoy this. Like I would never be taken advantage of like this. So I don't personally understand this type of devaluement and not understanding, but there's some sort of personal psychology in the people that Howard picks and yeah. it must be. So I, I kind of have to think he has a sense of who he hires knowing that he, he picks people knowing yeah. He, he can pick his can victims. 
he can have that over them. There's a few so. that gets away. That's right. But most don't because I think he hires them knowing that he can spin that web around right. that. Can I manipulate this person? Can exactly. I? Exactly. I think it's very astute. And the other thing is, I, I, I think I admire Jackie for maybe having that sort of happy naivete. If it, if in fact it's true, it's not just a front. That means he, he's going to live his life happier being a nicer person and not seeing the negative, but it's also going to open himself to all kinds of really heartbreak and, and just to know that the world is not like that. So in a sense, I, I do admire him one way because I can't be like that. I'm a miserable, I'm not a miserable prick, but I am very, very negative in a lot of ways. And well, being I think taken that's advantage of. Yeah. I just don't like the, uh, being felt that I was taken for a ride ever. And you should never feel like that. It's, it's a horrible feeling, but at any rate, I don't think we have too many more closing thoughts. Um, uh, thank you so much, my dear, for go going through this with me. And, uh, it was a great, uh, I think it was a great slog. Any closing yeah. comments? We miss Billy so much. Yeah. More Billy, if you Billy. ever want to come on. <laughs> We'd be happy to talk shop and have happy to talk cartoons with you. Um, thank you guys so much. Uh, you can listen to us in any number of apps now, uh, not just Podbean as well. But um, check out our Facebook page. Uh, donate at will, please. We're not going to stop you. We're not going to, we'll accept whatever you give us. If it's a penny, uh, if it's a dollar a month, a dollar, uh, you know, a year or whatever, <laughs> I don't care. Um, there's, uh, yeah, that all, our those... dollar with inflation is going to be basically worth nothing probably by the end of the year. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. Keep giving. It, yeah, well, it, it's uh, anything you can give, guys, we would love, we would appreciate it and uh, respect you for it because uh, it all goes into the show. And um, we uh, just happy Joe's that you're, point, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, we're just happy you're along for the ride. So hope you enjoyed this one and we'll see you guys on the next one. Take care. Bye, Bye guys. Well, it sounds fascinating. Hey, Howard, this makes sense. I, I just read in page six, Diana DeGarmo was writing a book. It's called Go Away, Little Monster. <laughs> well, Eric, I wish you luck with this book. I do. And take your little dog with you. And uh, I was, I'm very excited to have a reading and uh, hear what you have to say, okay? Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Thank you. Hey, Artie, hey, how many brain cells have you actually killed with coke and heroin? <laughs>